0: Stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn
1: Ten years ago, I decided to stop working 9 to 5 and become a professional poker player. It was this month, ten years ago, when I quit my job and never went back. A lot has happened since then. A whole lot has happened since then. When I quit my job in 2003 to become a pro poker player, I wasn't sure how long I would be quitting for. I knew I wouldn't be going back to that job. But I actually had some tentative plans to perhaps search for another job in about four or five months. I felt like I needed a break, but I wasn't sure what I would do after taking that break. Wasn't sure how successful I would be as a pro poker player. But I guess it turned out okay, because ten years later, um, I haven't gone back to work. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. The Druffin and Friends show, today August 13th, 2013, some of you probably thought that this show wasn't going to happen. This show was scheduled to not exist for quite some time, but I decided not to go to the secret location where it would have been impossible to have broadcasted this show, and therefore I'm able to do this show this week, and every Tuesday at 7 o'clock or thereabouts for the foreseeable future. So welcome to all the live listeners that are here, and anybody who's listening in the Archives, which is actually most of you. We get a lot more people listening after the whole program has been recorded than people listening live. But that's fine, too. I want to tell you people about a free roll we have this week. And every week, really. We have a free roll every week on this site. During the radio show... It's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. It's a totally free, it's a play money poker room, but you don't even need play money to enter this tournament. It's actually a free tournament on a free site. You can't get more free than that. So the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which can be found near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. The tournament is No Limit Hold'em. It starts at 7.40 p.m. on August 13th, which is today. $62 is this free roll. Thirty bucks for first, seventeen for second, ten for third, five for fourth. That's how the prize pool breaks down. Now this money did not come from me. This money came from our users, as always. We got fifty bucks from System Out Printline and twelve bucks from Spooky Gook. So thank you to both you guys for donating to this free roll and helping. Make Poker Fraud Alert the leader in the world of poker radio show free rolls. You will not find any poker site anywhere that broadcasts a radio show that has given away as much money as we have for free over the past year. You just won't find any. So, thank you to our users who are making these donations. If you want to qualify for the free money, same rules as always apply, you need to have a registered account on the forum, not on the poker room, but on the forum, by January 1st, 2013. Now, of course, if you don't, you can't go back in time and do it. So what do you do? Well, you have to email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, dandruff, all one word, at pokerfraudalert.com, or PM me to dan space druff on the forum, And convince me that you have been listening to the show for at least a few weeks or been reading the form for some time. And if you can convince me of that, I will give you an exception that is good for life to win the free money. But you have to do it before you play. And it's only 20 minutes away. It's at 7.40 and there's no late registration. So make sure to do that. Or otherwise, you will not qualify for the free money even if you win. And we did once have someone win the whole thing and did not get the money, because he did not qualify. So make sure you don't let that happen. Now, if you are new to the site, you will have to wait a few weeks. You have to listen for a few weeks, and you have to be around here for a little bit, so I'm convinced that you're here for the long term, or at least the short long term, and not just using this site for free free roll money. Because this money is being donated by our users, so it can be won by other people who enjoy this show and who are part of this community, not for people who just show up to get money and leave it's kind of like where they don't like you using the bathroom in restaurants along the highway unless you eat there, kind of like that I remember in the 70s there was one restaurant, a real classy place actually had a sign on the bathroom door saying, if you do not eat here, do not shit here I'm not kidding, I really saw that in the 70s (laughs) By the way, on that topic If you have to go to the bathroom When you're on the highway And a rest stop is not nearby You have to pick something I mean, you can't just pull off to the side of the road I mean, I guess you can, but If you want to use a real bathroom You're going to have to use some business's bathroom As I said, unless there's like a rest area Which there aren't that many of So you have to choose like, what business do I walk into and use their bathroom without buying anything? My favorite places to stop for this are fast food places. Like if I see a McDonald's or a Wendy's or something like that, it's like a perfect place to stop because they never care if you use their bathroom, or at least the employees don't. And you don't get like an awkward look. Like you can't even walk into a Denny's and they just like go into their bathroom. And You can, but they'll, they'll say, oh, do you need to be seated? Or, are you looking for someone? And then you just like head directly for the bathroom and it's really embarrassing. Because it's clear you're using this Denny's just to piss or shit there and not to eat there. But at McDonald's, they don't care. They see you walking in. Until you approach the counter, they don't even look at you. And I find those bathrooms are a lot cleaner than you will find at a gas station. Something else I hate at a gas station is often the bathroom is locked and you have to get that obnoxious key that is attached to something huge because they're afraid you're going to lose it or steal it. So you got to walk in with this key that's attached to like this giant 2x4 or something. I prefer just walk in the McDonald's, do my business, walk back out. And maybe, maybe, if I'm tempted enough, buy one of those ice cream cones or a cookie or something. But I try not to do that anymore. I, I really try not to buy stuff like that anymore because I'm, I'm still trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get out of the habit of eating like extra things like that I don't need. But my weight's been about the same for quite some time. I'm not gaining it back. I'm just not continuing to lose it. I lost like 20 pounds from where I started and lost about like what I gained the last four years and it's kind of stuck where it is right now. In case anybody's wondering. Let me give you the agenda tonight. As you can hear, I'm by myself, but uh, if anybody wants to co-host, especially somebody who's co-hosted before successfully, please let me know, and I will connect you on through Skype. You will need Skype if you want to co-host. It just doesn't sound good to co-host over the phone. But uh, here's the story. While I'm waiting to see if any co-hosts volunteer. If you want to call into the show... The phone numbers are 775 fraud 55 775-372-8355, make sure to show your caller ID or the phone system will not let you through, you will probably get a busy signal. If you don't want to call that 775 number, if you say hey this is a Las Vegas based show, I don't want to call a number in Northern Nevada, I can understand that. So fine, call our 702 number, you know, 702 is the area code of Vegas, but this is not in Vegas. It's our old 70s telephone sitting on the top of a mountain called Mount Charleston, which is on fire, which is about 45 minutes away from Vegas. 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808 is our Mount Charleston line. You can call that as well. You know, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind and take a phone call right now. Caller, you are on the air.
2: Hey, it's Handicap Me.
1: Handicap Me. Hello, and welcome to the show. What would you like to say?
2: Um, I was just curious if you
0: received $250 from Garrett on uh, PayPal or Extra.
1: Yeah, I, I did see on the forum that Handicap Me is challenging another one of our users, a new user named Garrett, who is uh, not, not that popular with the rank and file of the Poker Fraud Alert forums. I he actually like sucks. I actually like Garrett a lot better than most of you do, but uh, Handicap yeah. Me challenged him to a uh, heads-up no-limit match, and I um, I didn't read the whole thread yet, but uh, I'm being asked, did I receive $250 from, from Garrett to escrow for this match? And the answer is no.
2: Um, all right, because he said ship it to Drus, and I assumed that meant that he shipped it already and I was ready to go, but obviously he's back now.
1: I can let you know when he ships it to me, if he ships it to me. I have not received any payment from anyone for anything in five days. So, I'm looking at my PayPal uh, account Mo, right now.
2: He is a piece of shit. He needs to go.
1: Okay. So,
2: <laughs> Your opinion's that. been How noted. Have a great show, and I will listen tomorrow morning at work. All right, Appreciate thank you. It.
1: Bye. So, uh, a grudge match. A challenge. Hmm. I have a call here. Oh. Hang on a second. So, what we're going to do here is we're going to put this person on... This show with me. You will hear who it is shortly. So, what happened is they called my home phone. And I'm connecting the home phone onto the radio show. Hello.
3: Um, Ken is in Trader Joe's right now, but what's up? So I want to make sure he's not going to go crazy because he was really afraid of you.
1: You're, you're with Ken tonight?
3: Yeah.
1: So you're with Ken, but he's inside of uh, Trader Joe's at the moment. What is he doing at Trader Joe's?
3: Why, am I on the radio?
1: I cannot tell a lie. No, you're not. No, actually, yes, All you right, are.
3: So Goodbye. Wait, 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 wait. Bye-bye.
1: This is what I get for honesty. Stephanie. This is frustrating Can you believe this crap? I'll tell the story behind this You probably wonder why Ken Scaler Who's been my friend since 1991 Would be afraid of me I'll tell you that story You may have seen in the previews For this show In the official thread Why Ken might be afraid of me at the moment Not physically afraid But just kind of Afraid to talk to me at the moment But I guess Stephanie does not want to appear on the radio show. I should have said she's not on the show. I, I tried the honest approach for once with her, and, and you see how it—you see where it gets me. She's giving me negative reinforcement to tell the truth. Well, I'll try to call her later. Well, here comes a call again. Hang on connecting her back to the radio. I should just forward this phone directly to the radio. But I'm afraid, like, what if my parents call or something? All right, yes?
3: What if you want to tell him?
1: Ken, is he here?
3: He's not with me. No, he's in Trader Joe's. I just told okay, you that. Okay,
1: well, do me a favor. When he comes out of Trader Joe's, call me up and I will talk to him.
3: No, I don't want to do that because you won't... No, it's, it's embarrassing and it's stupid. I don't
1: want to do that. Well, go somewhere you won't be embarrassed.
3: Will you talk to the manager in my building if I let you do
1: that? This isn't a barter session. I mean, just uh, I, I need to talk to him. I told him...
3: I'm asking you for a favor because you're good at it. I gave and you I would advice. Really it if you could do that for me. I gave I really you advice.
1: Al- I gave you advice already on what to do about this situation. I, I don't want to rehash it on the radio here, but uh, um, you know, if you don't want to be around Ken when he calls me about this matter, then have him call from a payphone or something. But I do need to speak to him, and he What's knows I mean? need to speak to him.
3: This is all he gave you. Yeah, it was like seven. Oh, there he is. Oh,
1: thank you, Master Scaler. Hello. I don't
3: want the receipt. Can you go into the seat? Get rid of the receipt. Get rid yeah. of the receipt. I receipt. Oh, receipt. I don't have a receipt. What's in your hands? It's the parking thing. Dumbass. I'm not dumb. I'm very smart. So tell us, handsome. You only talk to me when we get to the house when you're taking a shower. So you have to enjoy. He wants to embarrass you on the radio.
0: Yay,
2: radio! No, on. I want you to tell him what you're afraid
3: of. The, the, what you're afraid of? You're afraid of Coachella. Tell him how you're oh, afraid. I always of am afraid of, of losing. Okay, okay. okay.
1: Hold on, hold on. I, I need to pause for a second here I need to explain to everybody listening since we are on the radio. Uh, I need to explain to everybody listening what's going on. Now, I was going to um, do this later in the show, but since this call is taking place now. We will do this now, and then I'll give the agenda for the rest of the show after this call's over. And uh, remember, the tournament's starting in 10 minutes. Now, Ken Scaler, who I've known since 1991, and you've heard him on the show before, uh, he's never been very good with money. Not only does he not make very much money, but when he does make any money, he blows it, in one of many ways. So, this is not even somebody who, like, is a hard-working person that just doesn't pull down very much money and struggles. This is somebody who he could make a million dollars a year, he'd blow it all. He's He's got, like, the worst bankroll management ever. So, he gets himself in these situations where he blows all the money stupidly or gives it away to people or whatever it is, and then he can't afford necessities such as rent or food. And then I am asked to help out. Now, I've tried to exhibit uh, tough love on Ken here and uh, not give him the money sometimes, but you know, if he's going to get evicted, if he doesn't come up with 500 bucks within two days, I know he can't come up with the money otherwise, and then I feel like, hey, you know, I've, I've got to do something or he'll be evicted. And I just feel bad. So, uh, also, Ken goes to this festival called Coachella, the Coachella Music Festival they have every year in uh, the desert near Palm Springs, and uh, the tickets are very expensive to this, and he goes twice, you know, two weekends in a row, so that, the two tickets together are almost 700 bucks by themselves. So, he has me buy that for him because you need a credit card to do it, and he doesn't have one. And then he also borrowed five hundred dollars from me recently, when uh, you know he needed it for an emergency to pay rent after he blew the money elsewhere. So this goes back a few months. He owed me twelve hundred bucks, and uh, we made an agreement, which I knew he wouldn't really stick to, but we made it anyway. That Ken would pay me back with the best of his ability. I wasn't asking that he goes without food or goes without any necessities just that when he has extra money to not blow it not give it to other people and not go out to nice dinners nothing like that to send the money to me to pay down the $1200 debt so someone someone in the chat saying lend me 500 you know maybe I'll lend you 500 after I've known you for 22 years but uh, anyway Ken has owed me1200 dollars for a while started paying down the, that 500 that he borrowed. You know, 500 of the 1200, but the payments started coming in more and more slowly, and when I would get them he'd send me these money orders the money orders started getting smaller and smaller it went from like 125 to 85 to, to 25, he actually sent me a $25 money order one week and it's a pain in the ass because I don't feel like going down and depositing these $25 money orders to pay off a $1200 debt like, you know just get the money to the best of your ability and send it to me at least a hundred at a time.
3: To stop lending him money. Stephanie, isn't your fault. stop lending him money, Stephanie. Shut the fuck up. Stephanie. Shut up. Shut up, idiot. Are you about to cuss on this I shit? I don't care. You can stop lending him money and solve the problem, <laughs> Stephanie. No, really, no.
1: Okay, Stephanie, I'm, I'm trying to explain this to people. So so Ken spent. Uh, so he, he paid me the five hundred, but it took. I ran a, long.
3: It took a All right, Stephanie, why well, am no patience? I'm trying to tell the you. I'm trying, I'm, 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 I'm getting to it here. Say goodbye.
1: Wait, no, don't say goodbye. I'm, go. I'm, what's happening here? i not to lose so you. So we're about to go, no, the problem. the I explain? No, you no,
3: cannot explain it. I don't care. My car, my phone, everything.
1: We're about getting? to go to a parking garage. That's the problem. Well, then call me back when you uh, have reception again. Well,
3: let me see if I hang up, if I might not hang up.
2: We're okay, in the garage, so, so the bottom line is,
1: I was wondering what the hell's going on here. With why this was getting so slow And Ken has very few expenses Other than rent he has very few expenses So He was making all these excuses Of where the money was going Well, I found out that last week Stephanie actually lent Ken 500 bucks Which is unusual Because usually uh, it's Ken spending money on Stephanie But she, she really lent him 500 bucks In an emergency so he could pay his rent So I said wait a minute Wait a minute if Stephanie had to lend him 500 bucks last week for rent, then where'd all the other money he's making at his job go? Why didn't it go to me? I, I yeah, thought I didn't get paid because he couldn't pay his rent. Well, the truth came out.
3: What do you think? you hang up the phone?
1: Still here? I guess we lost them. But I'll tell the rest of the story, and then when they call back, then I will... Uh, Confront Ken about this By the way, people in the chat saying she's on the rag This is actually how she always acts And She actually recently lost a roommate Because The roommate was watching this scene between them Like every day and, and just couldn't stand it The roommate just thought she was completely psycho So So anyway uh, I found out where the money went And I don't even mind like Coming on the air and talking about this Because I'm kind of pissed she doesn't live with Ken, by the way. Ken lives by himself. The money was spent... Well, let me give you a hint. <gasps> Yes, the money was spent on fat girls. Now that sounds kind of callous of me to say. Am I talking about girls who just aren't maintaining an anorexic-looking figure that today's media forces them to maintain and starve themselves so they look like walking skeletons? No. I'm not talking about girls that are not skinny. I'm not talking about girls that are average weight. I'm not talking about girls that are overweight. I'm not talking about girls that are big or voluptuous or full figured or chubby or cuddly or whatever terms they use these days. No, I'm not talking about big, beautiful women. I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about women who are not 150 pounds, not 200, not 250, not 300, but 400 or more pounds. That's right. That's where my money went. Let me explain. This is where the money went They have these fat girl clubs Exactly as it sounds These are clubs that are For women who are Absolutely gigantic They're nightclubs Except all the women there are huge And all the guys there are either These weird guys who love like 400 pound women Or really desperate guys who figure Hey this is the only way I can score If I go to a regular club there's no way I'll get laid. So Ken's in the second category Ken does not like women of that size, but he he settles for it. And, you know, I don't blame him for that. I mean, if he's struggling getting laid with women who don't look like that, and that's what he has to do, then that's what he has to do. I, I don't fault him so much for that. What I fault him for is when he owes me money. He was going to these clubs twice a week, Friday and Saturday, and just shooting off his money, shooting off his entire paycheck on drinks for these girls. I mean, the way they look, he should be buying them water. But uh, he was going to these fat girl clubs, and he he described it to me that he was getting addicted to the fat girl clubs. And all last month, every uh, Friday and Saturday, he was going there and just buying drink after drink after drink for these girls who were like 400 or more. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, If you're 250, if you're a girl who's 250 and you go to these clubs, you're like the skinny one there. I'm not exaggerating at all. I've never been, but I've talked to people who have. And I'm actually someone, as I've said on other shows, I'm not someone who feels that a girl has to be thin to be attractive. I actually don't even like girls who are really thin. I actually prefer when girls are are kind of more around average weight, so they have some curves to them. And I don't even mind if a girl is uh, somewhat above average, as long as uh, she's proportionate and her body still looks good. But at some point it becomes too much Now if that's what you're into that's fine But uh, as I said Ken was going there not because he's into it He was going because uh, that was Where he felt it was easiest to get laid Given his situation And again I, I don't even mind that It's his business if he wants to do it But he shot off hundreds of dollars that was supposed to go to me At these fat girl clubs And And this is the point of contention here As well Apparently he took one of them to a motel and got a blowjob for five minutes before whatever reason she decided she didn't want to anymore and left. And he wasted his money on that motel as well. And I guess it wasn't complete waste. He got five minutes worth of a blowjob. If the, uh, the stereotype is true, it was probably a good one. So, that's where my money went. To some sleazy motel... And uh, to tons of drinks at these Fat Girl Clubs And you know If he did this I don't know, twice a month or something With money that could have otherwise gone to me I wouldn't mind I don't expect him to live like a monk I don't expect him to live uh, you know, Like he has no funds So he could pay me back money That I, I don't immediately need But come on Don't shoot off hundreds of dollars On drinks at Fat Girl Clubs and then send me 25 When you owe me 1200 That's just obscene So He's going to come on here And uh, we're going to talk about this If you want to see something uh, If you want to see that scene Maybe you should go to one of these sometime I think they have them in every city These fat girl clubs they're, they're called things like mortal love and I, I, I don't know how you look them up And as I, I swear I've never been to one Because uh, it would be kind of scary <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to one I, I wouldn't even want to go just to look Now you might wonder, are most of the guys fat? The answer is no There are some fat guys there But it's not really a place for fat guys It's just really fat girls And guys who like fat girls Whatever they look like And I've heard some guys are actually really really thin Now Ken is not really really thin He weighs like 200 pounds and he's like 6'2 But uh, there are some guys who weigh like 140, 150 that are there Anyway That is where my money went I know some of you admire me for my uh, Conservative management of money That admiration probably took a step down After this story someone asking in the chat are there a lot of black guys there I don't know I never asked that question but I'll tell you what I know is there there are a lot of black girls I think black girls are the highest represented race there followed closely by white and then Hispanic I think is the uh, the breakdown so a lot of really big black booty there and a lot of uh, a lot of big white booty as well Anyway. let me give you the rest of the agenda tonight and we will I'll definitely be calling uh, calling them back. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. Oh and what Ken was afraid of, you know she, Stephanie was saying Ken was afraid. The Coachella tickets, um, even though I've already paid for them, they're not actually in hand yet. And he hasn't paid me for them yet. You know, he still owes me 700 He hasn't paid a dime yet towards the Coachella tickets, and I've already bought them months ago. So um, I, I told him I'm about done with this. I'm about to just keep the Coachella tickets for myself. He hasn't paid me for them anyway, so it's not like I'm keeping his money. And, you know, he can get his own Coachella tickets in some other way. So that's why he's afraid to talk to me. He doesn't want to deal with perhaps the consequence of that being the case from the uh, the fat girl expenditures. And and again, if, if he just did this a few times to have some fun or whatever, fine. I, I don't need every penny he's making. I just want a good-faith effort to pay me. All right, so um, here's what else happened this week. Here's another personal story I'm going to talk about in a second. Some of you have probably watched... Action shows, especially in the seventies and eighties, where there's some kind of car chase and one car is trying to knock the other off the road and some really crazy, exciting car chase, which of course is all staged because it's it's fiction, right? I mean that doesn't happen in real life. You don't have cars actually trying to bang each other off the road and you know, trying to kill each other in a car chase. I mean that doesn't really happen much, does it? No, nope, guess what? It happened to me. Oh, look who's calling back. Alright, hold on. For those of you that don't like the Ken and Stephanie segments, I apologize, but, you know, this has got to be done. We're connecting it on to the show here. Master Scaler.
3: Okay, there's one thing I want to say. He just caught a ruckus. And immediately, I want to ask him about
1: that, or I will hang up this phone. Wow, very demanding.
3: Two, three, four, four, seven, eight, nine,
1: zero. Uh, that—that's actually—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the old phone number of thy prez. Ken, what were you saying?
3: I'll Scott on the phone. Oh, we, well, we, too. Okay. Have, we have Scott can Friedman tell him here too. I I'm, I'm hanging up the phone, oh, the phone? I just Don't did. I just so, did. So guys,
1: guys, I'm in the middle of my work, so let's we we gotta make this quick. What what did Ken?
3: Okay, hang up the phone then, and Ken's gonna tell you what happened. I hang up the phone. What are you gonna say? Okay, to okay what
1: happened phone? here? I want to know what happened. Ken,
3: how her are here? I got mad, at Stephanie, because because you hung up the phone. And what did you do? You said you. were... I slammed the car. How many times? Well, I, because you were what? I thought you were in I thought Todd was gonna to be mad if I hung
1: up. And, and you thought he was going to what? Take away Coachella. But did you see what I go through now that Coachella. you know that I'm, I'm hanging off the phone. Well, Bye, Stephanie. Stephanie. You could, you could you could have let Ken. You could have let Ken go to a payphone and call me himself. You didn't have to be with him. I was going to call you back after we got inside of my house. He lost control for two seconds; and couldn't handle it,
3: and then he his shirt just now.
1: He ripped his shirt. Did you guys go to? Did you guys go to that steakhouse or not? Oh my God! Goodbye. This is
3: so stupid. That's more market. Market. I guess, I guess that's that means market. yes.
1: I guess that's where more of my money went. Jeez. No. No, no, no. I'm telling you, he had a Morton's deal for a dollar or something. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. They went. They went for like I dollars. To. I should go. That's up the street.
3: Why Are you laughing? I
1: don't know.
2: That interests me more than their, their nickel. And yeah, they're, they're, talking, they're
1: talking about uh, the uh, – okay. at, 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 at Morton Steakhouse, they're ahead. having okay, a – Okay, tell us about the fight. It's no, happening. I – you want about stupid shit,
3: so, you
2: know. No, I, okay, go on about the fight. He, he did what now? He he, he he disrespected you? Of course he did. Tell
3: him what you did. I slammed the door because I want to be on Todd's radio show. And, and you all think he was going to do what? If I hung up on the thing, he would,
2: like, make a drastic decision. And take away what? Uh, because you're
3: afraid of what all the time. Lose
2: Coachella.
3: And love you say every single day.
2: You should lose Coachella. You shouldn't. You shouldn't go. Yeah. Hello. Wow. Yeah.
1: Can, can I? I hate, everyone oh. seems to be telling me to uh, t- to. Please take a shower. I can't call
3: for much You're not going to
2: take a shower. Come on. Take it. Take a shower. Wash your hair. Did you guys go to Morton's or? You know what? I'll call them myself to, to to see if they still have that going
1: on tonight. Yeah, you probably
2: should. Yeah. I
3: don't
1: think we're I don't think that, we're getting answers here we're, we're actually on my uh, we're actually on my radio oh, show. Radio. What do I say? Oh. What do I say? Oh. What do I, 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 oh. I say? You hear know what
3: I say? Are you stupid? All right. Yeah, there, right. you fucking asshole. You are not about on beating me. We're really lucky. What do you to That was beat you half to death. I really am. You can stop that on the phone. Huh? All right, I'm on the phone now. You heard you heard the story. You heard neither of you seem to give a shit. Goodbye. No, we
2: we we were very concerned.
3: No, all you care about is the steakhouse. That's all you care about.
1: That's not all I care about. I don't care about it at all. What? I don't care about the steakhouse. Okay, well, I want to tell you what Ken just did, and you guys don't even seem to think it's okay. I I, I heard what you told me he did. What am I supposed to say? You don't think it's ridiculous? I think many things are ridiculous. (laughs) That is the best line, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so so let's let's get to the the point though of the whole thing. Ken, are you here?
3: In
1: the car. Oh, Hello, he's, oh, he's in the, the, the shower day. now. Okay, well, well, call me when he's out of the shower. No, I'm not
3: going to be because
1: you're never on my side, so I'm not going to. Well, we are on your side, I, Stephanie. I was on your side. The I, the I, tried, I, no, I tried, Stephanie. I tried to the minute give you.
3: I told you about the story. All you care about is the steakhouse. Listen, listen
1: Stephanie. Care. I tried to give you. I spent uh, a while on the phone two nights ago giving you advice about your building. So I. Am on your side, and and uh, I, I don't know why you're making Hello. these accusations. So uh, you I can take the social security card.
3: <laughs> Stop talking.
1: Okay, Ken, Paul, you back in town? Or are you still in Vegas? I, I'm not in Vegas anymore, Ken. He's in the shower. I told you
3: that. Okay,
1: uh, call me back when he's I mean out the of the
3: shower. Of-
1: yeah, I can't. I can't stand this anymore. I can't stand this anymore. Like uh, Jerry Springer on my show Going on here About what happened to me this weekend On Saturday night A psycho On the road, on I-15 Actually tried to ram my car And ram me off the road They weren't just cutting me off They weren't just trying to tap my car Send me a message or something. They actually were trying to knock me off I-15 at a high rate of speed and, and you know send my car tumbling or whatever. Spinning out, turning over, killing me, injuring me, whatever was the result, whatever the result would have been had they succeeded. That's what they were trying to do. It was not an accident. They were trying to do it, and for good measure, after they failed to do it to me, A minute later, they did it to somebody else. And they continued doing it. I will tell you about this crazy experience I had and my attempt to bring this person to justice as our first segment on this week's show. Crazy story. I never thought I'd be involved in anything like that. I will also talk about the ten years I've been a poker pro. I'm not going to tell you every little story, obviously. That would take... uh, That would probably take days straight of broadcasting But I've been a poker pro for 10 years now August 2003 I quit my regular job I had I did have a regular Monday through Friday 9 to 5 job I quit that in August of 2003 To become a poker pro I have not gone back to work since then I will tell you The things I'm proud of And the regrets I have I do have some regrets, I did make some mistakes I'll tell you about both of them And I'll tell you about what I'm going to do moving forward regarding poker. Last few weeks we've talked about Vladimir Gishkinbane, who uh, finished 62nd in the 2013 main event of the World Series, and uh, stiffed his original backers, stole the money that they staked him, and then got staked by somebody else, and played, and finished 62nd. Well, we've been discussing him on this site On the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum There's been a lot of debate about the situation Both on this show and on the forum Well, something I didn't expect uh, Vladimir himself showed up to Poker Fraud Alert And made his own statement And said he's been reading the entire thread So, I will read his statement And then give my response to what he had to say Lock Poker We always have Segments about Lock that Since this is a show about scams and scandals In online poker and beyond And they seem to Lead the league in scandals and scams At least these days Since uh, UB and Full Tilt are gone Lock Poker has Had their forum Frozen on 2plus2 I mentioned last week that they left 2plus2 And started their own forum Which is highly, highly, highly censored So really no Useful information is ever given on that forum But the lock forum on 2 plus 2 They weren't sure what they'd do with it Without any lock rep anymore Well right now it's just frozen You can't post on it at all So they haven't deleted anything But you can't post anything new I'll talk about that and give my opinion On whether 2 plus 2 is doing the right thing And Intertops who is on the same Network as lock poker, Called the Revolution Network They have been taking a beating Because they're not getting paid Lock, Poker, Revolution, they owe them money They owe Intertops money And they're not paying them And every day that Intertops stays on the network And allows their players to play against others on the network Especially on Lock They are losing more money That is supposed to be paid to them and is not So Intertops is segregating their games from Revolution And is now very paranoid too about chip dumping So we'll talk about that and I'll give you my opinion of whether you should continue playing on Intertops for the moment. Speaking of poker stars, speaking of uh, playing poker ten years ago, some of you might remember in the Limit Hold'em games, like the thirty sixty Limit game, a player named Thy Prez was very talkative in chat. Very, very wild player. He also later went on a different account named Japjon. Viprez and Japjon, same person, on Poker Stars. Also played on some other sites like Paradise and True Poker at the time. And he was a former friend of both Mine and Never Wins. In fact, you can even see him in an old video of Never Win's house, which someone posted on our forum. Well, you won't see him on Poker Stars anymore. Not because Poker Stars is not serving U.S. players, but because Perez is no longer with us He died on J- July 31st At the age of 38 Antonia Esfandiari may feel like He wants to die If he goes through this with this bet As long as uh, he claims he will He made a large bet I don't know how much That he can go without sex for an entire year That's what he claims so <laughs> I'll talk about that And I'll, I'll read the terms The brief terms that were given by a third party And uh, we can discuss Whether Antonio will be able to do it And also what exactly the bet is about Because it's not that clear What does sex mean? I mean Bill Clinton uh, He debated that for years What is the meaning of sex? Same thing here After Master Scaler gets out of the shower, we will continue our conversation with him. Uh, I want to talk about Caesars a little bit tonight. Caesars, uh, two things, really, to discuss. First of all, they're starting to clamp down on what I call these Seven Stars Grinders. Seven Stars is their top tier. It's kind of like the equivalent of Supernova Elite on Poker Stars. It's the top tier level of Players Club card there, and you get all these different benefits for being a Seven Stars member. I am a Seven Stars member right now, but... uh, They're trying to prevent people like me from getting seven stars, and that is people who are not degenerate gamblers, but ones who find the cheapest way to qualifying for seven stars. People who are trying to play positive expectation games or taking advantage of every promotion possible and and, and never really giving very much to the casino as far as action, as far as, you know, more than the minimum they have to. Yeah, I call them seven stars grinders, people who just find the... Easiest and cheapest path to get that level Caesars is starting to clamp Down on them I will explain What they're doing and I'll give my opinion About what they're doing Might surprise you And of course we wouldn't have We couldn't bring Caesars up on this Show without Connecting it with the word Fail because Caesars is always Committing various Hilarious operational failures Sometimes not so hilarious if you're the uh, Victim of them Well, this is a pretty big failure. Caesars gave away a large sum of money in a drawing to the wrong person. You heard that right. Caesars had a drawing to win
3: $1 million.
1: And the person who was announced as the winner wasn't actually the winner. I'll tell you what happened with that. I'll play a little clip about that. Finally, we have users of our forum who were once active members of the community, whether on Poker Fraud Alert or on other sites that uh, a lot of us frequented prior to Poker Fraud Alert. And one of them is a user named Wes R. Wood. And Wes R. Wood didn't have the best reputation. He was known as a micro-scammer, someone who scammed for very small sums of money. He was also known as someone who lies and exaggerates sometimes. Well, Wes R. Wood is now holding up to $40,000 of people's money on 2 Plus 2 for Fantasy Leagues. Does that sound like a good decision? I don't think so. We will talk a little bit about that. Not a huge story by itself, but just because Wes R. Wood is a member of this community. So that's the show tonight. Looks like I will be on my own. And uh, let's just jump right into the first story, which we will probably have to interrupt when uh, we speak to Master Scaler again, but what the hell. On Saturday night, I was on I-15, driving from Southern California to Las Vegas, and it really was a highway to hell. That's right, you know, the drive to Las Vegas from Southern California, is 300 miles, and there's not a lot to see or do during that drive, other than listen to music. Especially when you're alone, it's kind of boring, but I've gotten used to it, because I've made that drive so many times in my life. But something I've never had on that drive was danger. I mean, yeah, there's always the inherent danger of driving a long distance at high speed that you'll get into some kind of accident and either get injured or die, but that I'm willing to take. But what I've never had before is another driver actually trying to harm me. But I actually had that this Saturday, and it was a crazy story. Yeah, I think I would have rather been on the highway to hell than the I-15 on Saturday night. Uh, this is what went on, and it was, it was really crazy. And uh, I'm still kind of in shock that this happened. I'm sure everybody at some point in their life has had something occur that as it's going on, you're like, I can't believe this is actually happening right now. I, I can't believe that uh, this is happening to me, whether it's good or bad. You just really can't believe you're living it. You think it might be a dream. You think these things only happen to other people or people on TV. Um, I always thought that must be what goes into people's minds when a plane is crashing. When the plane they're on is uh, is clearly going down. And they're like, oh my god, You such a tiny percentage of people end up in fatal plane crashes. And you, know, you have to think, why me? I can't believe I'm actually on a plane that's about to go down and crash. And I'm probably going to die. Like... Obviously my situation here was not that severe But um It's kind of the same thought process Like I can't believe this is happening to me I didn't know this like Actually happens to regular people You know what I mean So you know, I am a big fan of these action shows from the 70s and 80s, you know, like The Rockford Files and The A-Team and stuff. Those those are full of car chases. I mean, the the main characters are always being chased by someone or chasing someone and the cars are shooting at each other and and knocking them each other off the road and cars flip over and the guys like get off and get out of there and dust themselves off after their car is all smashed to bits <laughs> and somehow they're not hurt, especially on The A-Team. But it's not so funny when it's happening in real life. At 7:38 p.m. on August 10th, which was uh, three days ago on Saturday, I was driving on the I-15 north, headed toward Las Vegas. I was going—I you know, was about 70 miles from the Nevada border. The speed limit was 70 miles per hour, and there was a small, older white car in the, light, in the left lane. There's only two lanes on the I-15 at this point, and um, the older car was parallel with a slow-moving truck on the right. But they were both going about the same speed. And I found it really annoying. They're both going about like 60 or 58 or something like that. And that's really, really frustrating as a driver who wants to drive at or above the speed limit. Because this person's like 10 to 12 miles per hour below the speed limit. And you cannot get past them because they're both going the identical speed and hogging up both lanes. Now, I don't blame the truck. Trucks always just go slow. But uh, this car was going the exact same speed as the truck and, and just blocking traffic. And they weren't realizing it, they weren't moving. So I, I figured maybe they're on their phone, you know, maybe they're just kind of out of it. I'll give them the flashing brights for a second to, as a signal like, hey, move out of the way. Which is, is the accepted, known signal you give to a driver that's in the fast lane that is going too slow. That means like, move over and let me pass. It's not meant to fess- offensively, it's not like giving someone the bird. This is something that's harmless, just to say, hey, I'd like to pass you, please move over. So I did that, I flashed my bright my brights, and uh, I expected them to move. Nothing. They just ignored me for five minutes. So five minutes later I wondered what do I do? Like, yeah, you know, I, I even thought like what if this person is just screwing with me is just gonna like sit here at the same speed as that truck and block me for the next few hours? I guess it wouldn't be a few hours because we had to... Only 70 miles to Vegas, but you know what I mean. So... um, I wondered what to do. I was just about to flash my brights again. But then I thought, you know what? What if this is some psycho who's just doing this for kicks, and if I flash them again, what if they decide that now they're going to get back at me in some way for daring to flash them twice? What if I'm going to earn the wrath of a complete psycho on the road who might have a gun... Or who might do something else really bad So for a moment I was Afraid to flash my brights again At the person But then I thought you know what screw this What's the chance that this person's going to take out a gun And shoot me over flashing them twice They clearly they clearly saw me flash them The first time They've been still blocking the lane for five minutes now They definitely know what I want they are definitely do something Not only uh, rude But also illegal if they were seen doing this The cops would actually pull them over and give them a ticket for uh, impeding the flow of traffic. So, I decided to throw caution to the wind and flash them once again. And that, my friends, was not a good decision. And the reason it was not a good decision is because, since they did see me flash them the first time five minutes beforehand and did not move, they were clearly doing it intentionally, and another flash at them was not going to get them to move, unless it was to move to do something bad to me. They were not going to say, oh, well... You know, we've been a complete asshole to you for the last five minutes But we're going to change now because you flashed us a second time Like, I don't know why I did it, but I did So, about two minutes after that It's now 7.44 p.m. The car finally got the picture, it seemed And sped up ahead of the truck Creating an open space for me to pass them on the right So they, they got ahead to where I could go up behind them And then move to the right to pass them Once I got ahead of the truck as I started catching up to the car, which, you know, was only took a few seconds, but I was thinking, what if this is some kind of setup? What if what if the person's waiting for me with a gun? What if as soon as I pull up alongside of them to pass them, they open fire on me? Or they do something else bad? Like, I was worried that, that maybe I just incurred their wrath in some way, and I'm about to get something bad happen to me for it. But I said, nah, that's far-fetched. I've been watching too much TV. I'm watching too much Rockford Files. So I said, you know what? I'll just pass them really quickly. I'll get to their right, and then I'll gun the engine and just shoot past them really fast so they don't really have that much time to do much, and then just keep driving really fast and lose them. That was my plan. So I caught up to the car, and I started to move to the right to pass them, and as I got close, the car jerked abruptly to the right trying to hit me i could not believe it i could not believe at 70 miles per hour that this car actually was trying to hit me in a high speed collision not not just a little bump they were actually trying to sideswipe me hard at 70 miles per hour perhaps causing both of us to lose control i could not believe this was happening So, now you can kind of picture along with me what was going on. Okay, so I fortunately moved out of the way. They did not hit my car. I, I didn't get close enough to them. I, I was getting towards the right, but as they jerked to the right to slam me, my car had, didn't quite get there yet. And keep in mind, they were not doing it just to block me. They were actually trying to hit me, but they just moved a little bit prematurely. So I was able to, combination, move to the right and slam on the brakes and avoid being hit. So at this point, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This person is crazy. This person is absolutely nuts. And... Uh, I'm not going to mess with them anymore. In fact, I'm going to call the CHP and report this. This this is a serious crime what they just tried tried to do to me here. This is is not just a joke. This isn't like giving me the finger or or, uh, doing something else aggressive on the road. This is someone who actually tried to hit me at a high speed. So I'm still like sitting in disbelief. I'm watching what they do next and I'm kind of slowly reaching for my phone to call 911. At this point... A minivan That did not see all this Because the minivan was traveling pretty fast And did not see all this happen And was just catching up right now The minivan first passed me And then tried to go around This car to the right, just like I did Well, they did the same thing to the minivan Except the minivan Did not slam on the brakes as quickly as I did And they waited for the minivan to get closer So they couldn't get out of it like I did And they actually ran the minivan Off the road they actually knocked the minivan out of the lane. They didn't bump them, but they actually they, they jerked the car to the right. The minivan had nowhere to go but out of the lane and onto the right shoulder. And now this older car was occupying the right lane, and the minivan was on the shoulder. And if that wasn't bad enough, they were still trying to hit the minivan. They weren't satisfied with running up to the shoulder. They were still trying to jerk fur- further to the right and, and hit them and knock them off the road further. That's not the sound effect I was looking for. There we go. So, I couldn't believe it I was watching. Now I was watching it happen to someone else. Now it wasn't just going after me. And I thought at first well, maybe they thought that was me. Maybe they got confused and thought that was me coming back for a second, second shot. But clearly not, because they knew I wasn't a minivan. And they kept going after that minivan anyway. The person was absolutely nuts. The person didn't care about their own safety. And they definitely didn't care about anyone else's safety. They actually wanted to hurt or kill someone there with their car. There's no question. When the minivan got run over to the shoulder, they were still trying to hit it to completely knock it off the road. Could not believe what I was seeing there. So I backed a good deal off at this point. Still kept the car in sight. And at this point, I was by myself here. I got concerned for everybody else on the 15. I felt at this point that I had to get the message over to the California Highway Patrol, get them on the case, get them to catch this guy before he could hurt anyone. Because I felt if this continued that someone was going to get hurt or die. And I felt if I just backed off and uh, pulled off into some off-ramp somewhere and hid for a while... I was afraid that nobody would be keeping track of where he was And he would get away with it and maybe do this to someone else And by the time he would get, be caught It would be too late and someone would be hurt or killed And I just, I felt it was my civic duty To keep track of where this person was Not get right up on his ass But stay back, see where he is And keep in contact with the highway patrol So that I could say exactly where this guy is And then they can pull him over and take care of him there so I called up the uh, the highway patrol, and this was the uh, the response I got when uh, you know they answered they answered nine one one. This is what it sounded like. <laughs> that's right I called up the CHP the chips and, uh, and so inside told them what was going on and I told I, I emphasized how serious this was and this was this wasn't just a drunk driver this just wasn't just some jerk on the road who was uh, driving erratically this is someone who's actually trying to hit people and knock them off the road at 70 plus miles per hour so they said, okay, we're going to alert units in the area and have them, uh, have them come. I did not know the make or model of the car. It was too far away and too dark. I mean, it wasn't dark, but it was kind of like dusk at this point. I only knew it was white, it was older, it was small, and the license plate began with a 4, a California plate, which is semi-unusual these days because uh, more cars than not have newer license plates now. And uh, those license plates begin with a 6 or a 7. So a 4, you had to have had that plate for a while. So while there are... I wouldn't say it's it's a fluke to have a plate starting with a 4 in California, but most of the cars on the road don't have a 4. So that, along with the rest of the description, I felt would, would help a good deal. But still, I knew without me keeping track of where they were, they couldn't pull over every car that matched that general description that had a license plate with a 4. I mean, I, I knew... The only way to get this guy is if I stay Behind him and let them know exactly where he is So um, Some time passed And I I knew since we're out in the middle of nowhere We're not in LA at this point we're we're in the middle Of the desert some of you who are not From California or Nevada may not know that The stretch between LA and uh, Vegas most of it is just the desert With no towns Really nothing so, this is one of those stretches. So, I knew that they weren't going to just have like a, a police officer just ready to get on the road there and show up within five minutes. But at the same time, I knew if I, I stuck with the guy for some time, they should be able to get one of their units over there. Especially because this guy was now going pretty slowly, like going back to like 55, 60 miles per hour, in an attempt to get me to pull up to them again and take a second shot at me. At least I think so. I I don't know for sure, but that seems to be the what they were doing was uh going very slowly, hoping that. I come up and pass them again Which I was never going to do In the meantime I was also witnessing this person To continually be aggressive to or Toward other drivers uh, Weaving all over the road uh, Intentionally pulling up in front of trucks And then hitting the brakes to freak them out uh, Intentionally swerving into other people's lanes To make them move out of the way Or maybe try to hit them uh, This person was definitely continuing To drive in a very very dangerous And intentional Intentionally aggressive fashion They were trying to hurt someone Or at least make them scared they were going to get hurt Um, And definitely with me and that minivan They were really trying to run run us off the road Not even scare us Well After 13 minutes passed It was now 8 o'clock sharp No CHP officers had shown up So I called again I called a second time I can't tell you how much I would have given to have Pont and John show up at this time on their motorcycles and rescue me here. But sadly, Larry Wilcox and Eric Estrada were doing other things and could not help me out of this predicament. So, I gave them my new position. I asked when I could expect an officer to get to where we were. They couldn't tell me when, but they said that one was en route. I said, you don't know how urgent this situation is. If you don't get someone over here soon, someone's going to really get hurt here. This person is intentionally trying to hit people. Well, I came up with an idea. I I figured if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. So I, I had an idea. I said, we're not that far from the small town of Baker. I said... You guys got to have someone stationed in Baker, right? At least it's a town They've got to have some police there Even if it's not CHP Can you maybe get someone in Baker To get on the 15 Sit on the side of the road and wait And when they see me Pull over that car ahead of me That matches this description So they said they would try But uh, a shift change was going on So they weren't sure if they could make that happen Wasn't happy to hear about that So We passed Baker Nothing No cop was waiting And he was still going really really slowly So even if we got past Baker And they hadn't gotten on the road yet They could have easily caught up to us But nothing 20 minutes later still nothing Now the psycho was really Setting his sights onto me And slowed down as much as To 45 miles per hour hoping that if they s- slow down you know enough that I have to pass them. This is on a road where the speed limit is 70. In fact, driving 45 is illegal on that road. Well, I still was not going to get past that person. There was really nothing I could do other than hang back, because it, once I get parallel with them, no matter how slow they're going, they can move, since it's only two lanes, they can move over and hit me. And I was not going to have that. I was also wondering, what else could they do? Maybe they have a gun in the car? I don't know. At that point, I didn't put anything past that person. So, I called 911 yet again at 8.20. Keep in mind now, we are 33 minutes past my first 911 call about this very serious matter. So... It is 8.20 p.m. at this point, both in the story and right now. It actually is 8.20 right now, as I'm telling the story, coincidentally. I feel like I'm uh, living this in real time, like that uh, TV show 24. But I I told them what was happening, and the idiot dispatcher had the nerve to say to me, Sir, you can't drive 45 miles per hour on this highway. That's illegal. And I said, what am I supposed to do? They said, well, if he's going that slow, you're going to have to pass him. I said, I'm not passing this psycho after what he tried to literally knock me off the road. I'm absolutely not getting parallel with this person. I'm not doing it. If you want to come over and ticket me, go ahead. I couldn't believe that was the suggestion. And the dispatcher knew exactly the situation, so it's not like she didn't understand. So, after I refused to pass this guy, and I, I kept insisting, Look, it's been 33 minutes. You've got to get someone over here. I don't know... What's taking so long, especially with us going so slow, they've got to be able to catch up. So they said, let's see what we can do. They put me on hold, and then finally I got my first good answer from the CHP in the 33 minutes since this ordeal started when I called them. They told me that they would position an officer somewhere down I-15, That I should look for an officer on the side of the road and that when I see the officer I should flash my hazards to indicate that I am the person who has been making these calls. The officer also had a description of my vehicle. And that when they saw my hazards that that officer would then pull up ahead of me and pull over the car I had been reporting. I was happy to hear that was in place. And I anxiously awaited the sight of the CHP officer. So 18 minutes passed, and that doesn't seem like it's that long, but it just felt like an eternity, especially since I'd been waiting so long. It was now almost an hour since I first called them. Still waiting for the CHP officer. We're, We're only about 12 miles now from the Nevada border. And finally, I saw what I had been looking for the whole time a chp officer sitting on the side of the road never was i so happy as to see the police on the side of the road for once i was looking forward to passing a cop and having him turn on his lights and come up behind me i couldn't wait for that to happen and i looked back nothing i thought well maybe he's got to start you know he's got to start from a sitting position. He's got to start sitting at zero miles per hour. He's got to speed up. Maybe we just got ahead of him. No. Two minutes passed. No officer got behind me. I looked back. He never moved. Could not believe it. I flashed my hazards. I slowed down in front of him to do it. Made it so clear who I was, that I was the car that they were looking for. And he missed it. Could not believe it. And we're not talking about where the officer had to wait like two hours for me to show up. This was like this this was like eighteen minutes later. He he couldn't keep his eyes peeled for eighteen minutes. So I called nine one one again and said, What the hell? He missed me. The dispatcher said, Don't worry. You still have ten miles until the border. We'll get him. Well, at eight fifty three I crossed into Nevada. About three miles before the border, the guy sped up and got way ahead of me. And by the time I got to the border, he was long gone. I continued into Vegas with my palm on my face for the rest of the drive. Boy, was I frustrated. The guy got away. 66 minutes passed between the time I first called the CHP at 747 to the time we passed the border of California and Nevada at 853. They couldn't get him All those calls I made reporting the position The plan to position an officer At the town of Mountain Pass And wait for me to flash my hazards Which I did All that And the person got away Terrible I called the CHP and asked what the hell I called when I got to Vegas I called up and I spoke to a sergeant there And I said what happened here Here's what I was told Due to a shift change at the time, as I mentioned, there was no CHP officer in Baker like there usually was, that uh, he actually had to leave from the headquarters in Barstow, which is 60 miles south of there, and catch up, and it was too far for him to catch up, even with us driving slowly. I said, well, still, there has to be some police presence in Baker, even if it's not the California Highway Patrol. They've got to have some sheriff or police in Baker in case some crime occurs in Baker. And they said yes. I said, well, why couldn't you contact... The Baker police and have them pull over the guy. You guys cooperate. They said, well, you know, it's difficult. We have to communicate through dispatch. And the, this officer is, there's only one officer in the town of Baker because it's so small. And, you know, he, he lives in his house and, and, you know, is not always suited up and ready to go. So he'd have to put on his uniform and get his gun and get in the car and, and get all ready. It would take some time. And by the time we do all that, it'd be too late. I'm like, well, you could have at least tried. No, no, we, d- we don't do that anymore. Every, every time we try to do that, it, it never works out, so we stop doing that. Awful. Here we were passing an actual town with a police officer. I warned them in advance we would be passing that. And they could not get that town's police officer out there to pull the psycho over. But then the worst part, what happened in Mountain Pass? What happened where they missed my flashing hazards that they were looking for? Well, I was told there was a radio communication failure. I wonder if the CHP is managed by Lock Poker. Sounds like the, a similar degree of competence. A radio communications failure where they did not communicate properly to the officer where I was. They They gave him the wrong position for where I was. So he was expecting me like 20 minutes later than I actually came. And by the time they realized their mistake... Because of that radio communication failure they could not get a hold of him again to tell him the corrected position. And because he was expecting me 20 minutes later, for some reason he was just sitting on the side of the road twiddling his thumbs and looking the other direction. <laughs> not bothering to look, you know, just in case I came earlier than expected, you know, just like it, because it's so hard to look at the road for 18 minutes when you know someone's going to go by with their hazards on. Like how often does someone drive by an officer with their hazards on? How often does someone turn on their hazards just as they pass the officer? Like, never. There's no way anyone else doing that would have been anyone but me. And they knew, even if he thought I was 20 minutes behind where I was, he was already there. He was there to wait for me. Why not watch for me the whole time? I don't know. They didn't know, but uh, he missed me. The sergeant did agree that I was given terrible advice to um, speed up and get past the guy once he went down to 45 miles per hour, that the Statement that I was breaking a traffic law was ridiculous, and he doesn't understand why that was said to me. All in all, a big epic fail on the part of the CHP. And if you ever want to commit a deadly act of road rage, now you know the stretch of road to do it. Between Barstow, California, and the Nevada state line on the 15, uh, I think you could probably get away with it. If If this guy can get away with actually trying to knock cars off the road, actually trying to hit cars at high speed... And with a guy following him and keeping track of his position for 66 minutes and the CHP still can't get him? I think you're pretty safe to commit crimes in that stretch of road. But don't think that going back the other way I didn't see a ton of cops during that same stretch when I drove back two days later. Just like the old saying goes, there's never a cop when you need one. And you know, I actually do respect the police. I understand they have a very tough job to do. I'm not one of these, like, fuck the police guys. I'm not one of these people who presents cops. But at the same time, when the police screw up, they, they should be held accountable. And this was a, an epic failure on their part. A very scary situation for me. As this happened, one thing I kept thinking was, I wish I had a dash cam. A dash cam is a camera that sits on your dashboard that records everything as you drive. Now, obviously it keeps recording over itself when you know most of your driving is pretty boring and not worth recording, but this way, if anything happens, then you can save that recording and use it later. This can be very useful. If you get in an accident where the other driver's at fault and you need to prove it. If you have a situation like this where someone's committing a crime on the road against you. Or, let's say you got abused by the police in some way. This way you have a recording of everything, and you don't even have to worry about the like Big Brother watching you, because if you're doing something you don't want seen, you can always destroy your own recording. These are very popular in Europe, but for whatever reason never caught on in the U.S. Now, when I posted this story, our very generous listener, C-Money, who always donates to the free rolls here, he said, you know what, after reading this, I'm going to go buy a dashcam. And I said that was exactly my thought right when this happened I wish I had this on camera because This was actually considered Assault with a deadly weapon The weapon was the car itself What this guy did was a serious felony If he was convicted of this he would actually Spend some serious time in jail And lose his license of course So had they pulled the guy over Even if they had not seen him Try to hit anyone They still would have arrested him Because of the seriousness of my charge And they would have drug tested him and alcohol tested him and uh, he probably would have failed. I have a feeling this guy was on something. Anyway, if I had the dash cam, it would have recorded the guy's license plate. I don't know how good the the resolution is on these things, but I I would hope good enough to get a license plate. And uh, because I got pretty close to this guy at one point. And it would have recorded everything that happened. And then they could have identified the person and I would have had the proof... From the dash cam And they could have gone to arrest this guy after the fact And charged him The saddest thing about this whole story Is that this person got away And will probably do this again to someone else And had the CHP caught him That may have changed that They may have gotten his license away Gotten him off the road and maybe even put him in jail I've had some people say to me that they don't even drive to Vegas anymore because there's just too many psychos on the road. I've had other people tell me that they have had similar circumstances with people just aggressively going after them on I-15. I've never had this before, but... uh, This one, uh, I, one thing this will change in my behavior is uh, if I ever see anyone intentionally doing something like that, like what they were doing with uh, blocking the flow of traffic, I'm not going to try to flash them or piss them off because you're probably dealing with a very unstable person who may not even care about their own safety. And, uh, you know, you just got to be careful on the road because some people just go absolutely nuts and just do completely psychotic things. Someone saying in the chat it would just be a careless or reckless driving ticket. It actually would not be because of the intentional hitting of other cars or attempt to hit other cars. And that's different than just weaving or, or anything like that or driving you know, at a super high rate of speed. Because the difference is you're not actually trying to assault anyone. You're just driving in an unsafe manner. And while that can still be a misdemeanor, this would actually be a felony. This would be felony assault with a deadly weapon. The CHP themselves told me that that's what they would pull the guy over for and arrest him for. So they took it. They took the accusation seriously. They just uh, did not execute. Someone saying in the chat they might get off the charge, and you know, unless they'd actually hit me. That's actually not why they may beat the charge. They may beat it because I wouldn't have proof. But like, if I had this on camera. I think there would be a pretty strong case against them, because it was very clear that this was not an accident. Anyway, that happened to me. Fortunately, uh, nobody got hurt. So, uh, now that I've uh, discussed a number of topics that have nothing to do with poker... The next topic I will discuss has everything to do with poker And that is uh, me being a poker pro for 10 years And what's happened in that 10 years But before we do that Let's try to call up Master Scaler and his lovely friend Stephanie Who's always so polite and so soft-spoken And if they don't answer, then go to our next topic. Yeah? Master Scaler, hello. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's up? All right, so um, as you know, I, I've told our, our fine listeners the story. And, yeah. um... By the way... They uh, hate me.
2: I, I, no, they don't hate you. They I, I 2 No, Everyone hates me. I'm just a big piece of shit. All
1: right, well, that's, that's, that's nice of you to say, but... Uh...
2: And by the way, I'm surprised that uh, Scott was on this show. I, I don't think he knew this was him, ever found out that he was even on the radio. Uh, that's fine.
1: By, by the way, Ken, just saying you're a piece of shit is not going to win any sympathy. here. I know exactly what you're doing here, so don't don't try to get no. uh, don't try to degrade yourself so everyone feels bad for you here. I, oh, I give I me the
3: address. No, what's the street? Beverly in what? Echo right. Just put right. him a phone over the address card. You comes? Me that way, you will get nothing. All right. Oh, right, I'm sorry. I hate do you do that. Give
2: me the pen. I can everyone. All you're gonna do, give me the address.
3: What have you
2: done? What have you done? Sorry. How are you treating me right now? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just frustrated. What?
1: Everything, life. Right. Help. I need a cell phone eventually. You, you do. Okay, so let, let me uh let me get to what happened. Eventually. Here. So, so so I told everybody what happened here. Ken, I need to hear from you. And I decided see I, I decided that I'm so okay. sick of this. I'm right. And I'm so sick of the... Uh, the. I need to write it down, Stephanie. If I don't
2: write it down, there's a real problem. Okay, Ken, just pay attention to I can't to memorize me. it. I'm on the radio. I cannot memorize it. Tell, Fuck. Tell Stephanie to wait. Okay, that's fine. Go on, sir.
1: Okay, so I decided I'm done with, with uh, bit being like extremely slow-paid here. And, and I'm just going to... Okay, f- I have to do it faster. I, I'm just trying to describe it. I have I'm, to do it faster. I'm just going to forget the whole Coachella thing because you promised me this was not going to happen, this has happened. However, I say I will give one more chance if, at the very least, I can get something positive out of this and at least make an entertaining segment on radio out of this. Okay, the what only, can I do to make your the, show the only, even better than it already is? The only, the only positive that can come out of this would be if... Stephanie, it's
3: two minutes. Give me my phone! Why is she my need the phone. phone? Why is Stephanie ruining my this?
1: Phone. Stephanie, why are you ruining this? You there, Ken?
2: Yeah, I'm here. She's sending a text.
1: Crazy. All right, so listen.
3: Okay, I, I'm going to have to take care of Genevieve, okay?
1: Genevieve? What does she have to do with this? Well,
3: leave my mom out of it, you creep. I already told you I would. You're so fucking creepy what, and bizarre. What is your impression when talking to my mom? It's weird. Delete her number. It's not appropriate.
1: Okay, we'll talk about Genevieve later. I'm
3: going to hang up the phone and call her mom, okay? Wait, hell no, no. Genevieve... I am. I am. I'm call her mom, call, call her her mom after Why? this phone call. Goodbye. Well, I don't want to hang up. Then get your phone calls. Pot. Stephanie, you no, can you can call
1: go. Genevieve's mom or whatever after this phone call's over.
2: Please, I'll do whatever you want. I did
1: you. Okay, so so okay. Can, so
2: Ken. Yes, sir.
1: I want to hear about these fat girl clubs. So, and this is not just because you're going to tell me all this. This is not to say that this should continue and I'm going to need to be paid no I I
2: actually it's not going to be because I decide to stop going but go on
1: I need to be paid much much faster immediately but um, how many times did you go to these fat girl clubs in the past uh, four weeks
2: actually the last two weeks I didn't go at all the three weeks before the two weeks I went three weeks in a row
1: now did you go both on Friday and Saturday
2: Uh, one of them I went Saturday the rest I just went on Friday I didn't like the Saturday one as much
1: how come you said last night you went both Friday and Saturday?
2: Oh, the first time I went Friday and Saturday, and then I just went Friday.
1: Okay, so where was all the money going? W- were you spending it on drinks?
2: At the most, for drinks, I'll spend like maybe $30. I think I was just going crazy on food and depression. When I get really depressed, I want to just go so crazy with burgers, it's like my heroin.
1: Nice, I don't believe you. You can't buy that many burgers to spend that much money. See, I don't believe... I think that just sounds like it's a... See, you say, oh, I was depressed, I was eating, and then you want everyone to feel sorry for you. You want me to feel sorry for you. But that's not what happened. You told me the truth last night that you wasted the money at these Fat Girl Clubs, and now you're changing the story. See, yeah, I don't like I that. Did. I
2: did. Spend, I spent some money on drinks. The cover wasn't really that much. And then food, and then just... Nothing else really important, you know?
1: So so how much were you spending on drinks, honestly, per night there? Maybe $40. That's, you don't get much for $40 at these places. I think a drink's what, about 10 bucks. You told me you were going crazy buying drinks. If you bought four, that wouldn't be going crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, $40, 50 is it a lot of money. Like, it me. doesn't
1: sound like you're telling me the truth here.
2: No, I am telling the truth. And then one night I got a motel.
1: You just told me earlier in email today I did not get a motel. So now you now you're back to the motel?
2: It's sixty five dollar motel on like in South Central LA. Okay, somewhere. but you
1: you understand? I got an email from you earlier saying there was no motel. Here, here's your words. I did not get a there motel room. A motel. You were. I did not get a motel room. A motel. Why, why would you write that to me if because you I'm, actually? Because I'm ashamed that I got a motel room of a really fat, nasty hoe. Okay, what did the fat a hoe like
2: a hooker? What, what says, did what did the know?
1: fat, nasty Maria Ho look like?
2: I think she was like. Samoan and Italian and shit like, you know, like those moles in people's face with hair going out of it. I got
3: connect. Can I talk to Mark?
2: Stephanie, well, we're, we're get, in the middle I of know, this. Prom- He's
3: number one. Oh
2: god! But you I can call him.
1: God. You can call Mark shortly.
2: I promise you, I'll do. I'll make it up if you wait a few minutes for
1: Mark. Really? Okay. So, so, so describe this this uh, this large woman. Go ahead. Ken Ken Ken, where are you? What the hell? It shows they're on the phone still. Jeez. Call back here. Anyone looking for a serious show tonight? I guess you're not quite getting that. An hour and a half, no poker content yet. I I guess Stephanie. Took a call from someone Probably this guy she's seeing named Mark So we'll have to continue this again Later in the show Alright so uh, Let me tell you about uh, I'm going to tell you about the Ten years of being a poker pro Then we'll try to call them again I started playing poker At the very beginning of 2001 I started off at $3.00, $6.00 limit hold'em At the Hustler Casino in Gardena, California I will admit For those first few months I was a donkey I wasn't as bad as some others in the game But I I definitely was not a good player By any stretch of the imagination Despite the fact that I had read the book Winning Low Limit Holden by Lee Jones I I, kind of had to learn For myself You know, Lee Jones gave me a good uh, Good start there But uh Had to actually do it for myself To get better and better About six months later I I got good enough to where I I was I I had some Good strategies going, I felt That at the time, some of them were even uh, Not as commonly used Then as they are now Some strategies I still use today So I got better about six months later But I, I still had a number of holes in my game um, I had my first good month in July of 2001 Playing on True Poker at 1020 I started playing online about a month after I started playing live So my first time playing online was on Planet Poker in February 01. 2001 But um, you know, overall I was very much up and down With my winnings in poker in 2001 and 02. I don't even remember if I won or lost overall in those years It was pretty close either way it was finally in 03 when I, I broke through. And, and coincidentally, it happened to be when PokerStars... When I found PokerStars. PokerStars had opened in 02, but I didn't find it until April of '03. And I immediately started winning there, both from running well and because I, I had just improved. And this was kind of like my breakthrough point where I, I had significantly gotten better to where I was good enough to be a winning player. And I did well that month, and I did well the next month. Then I lost the next month after that. But I started to notice that I, between there and Party Poker, which I was also playing on, and the games were very good on both sites, on Poker Stars and, and Party. I started to notice that I it seemed like I was consistently winning. It, it didn't look like I was just a donk running hot. It looked like I was playing enough hands to where I was probably. An actual winning player, and I was playing definitely high enough to support myself, playing thirty sixty, and thirty sixty online too, which plays much bigger than thirty sixty live. So, I was looking at my win rate, and I'm saying, you know what? If this continues, I will make far more playing poker than I do in my job. And at the time, I was kind of unhappy at my job. I won't get into the reasons why, but I I was getting Ready to leave there anyway Even if there was no poker I probably would have quit there very soon And gone to a different job Or at least I would have tried to find one The The economy for The industry I was in Was not very good at that point But uh, The thing was I wasn't leaving a job That I was in love with anyway I was leaving a job I'd probably be leaving soon For greener pastures No matter what happened So in August of 2003 I spoke to my boss and and told them I'm not coming back. And um, when I quit, I told everyone. And when I say everyone, I, I told my girlfriend at the time. It was not the same girl I'm with now, but um, I told my girlfriend at the time who I'd been with for about two years, and my parents. And I was 31 years old back then, so I wasn't a kid. I told them that I would be taking some time off. That I wasn't quitting working forever. But that I needed a break. That I'd been working for a number of years. That my last job was very stressful. And I needed a break. And what I was going to do in the meantime during that break was play poker. Where I had been winning. And they knew I'd been winning. What I did not tell them was that... In January, when I told them I'd be looking for a job again, I, I told them that that's when I start looking again. January 04. What I did not tell them was that had I gone on between then and January and did well in poker, I was not going to look for a job. I was just going to continue playing poker. And you know, I didn't have I didn't have to ask anyone's permission. I was 31 years old. It was up to me to do what I wanted, even if people were disappointed with this. So in January. After having some good months Between August and January I broke the news to everybody That I'm not going to look for a job And I'm just going to continue playing poker And I justified it by saying Look, I'm going to make more money doing this So might as well do this Instead of uh, get another job Because I can be my own boss And make more money, so why not And I, I feel I've done this enough months now To where I think It's demonstrated a pattern That I'm going to keep winning Maybe not every single month, but it looks like it's demonstrated a pattern that I'm good enough to keep beating this game for a good amount of money. So um, everybody actually took it better than I thought. My parents actually agreed that this was the right move, which surprised me, but they actually agreed. So uh, that's what I did. And 2004 actually ended up being my best cashier ever. I'm not going to say how much I won, but it was my best cashier ever, and still is. This was not because I've become a worse player since 2004, it's because the games were just insanely good. In 2003 was the beginning of the poker boom, when uh, Chris Moneymaker won the World Series, when the WPT got very popular on television from showing the Hulk cards. And uh, there was a huge influx of donks into the game, and a lot of them played Limit Hold'em because no Limit Cash just wasn't as popular yet. So, made a lot of money in 04. Made a lot of money in 05. Partially helped by the fact that when I played the World Series, my first two events, I finished third and first. Combining for about $470,000 Or so That was nice Well After that I never quite had another another year like 'o four or 'o five. I had some good years I had some not so good years I never had any catastrophic Year, I never had a year where I lost um, Any significant amount of money Significant meaning compared to what I had been Winning before I did not win every year since then But when I didn't win I didn't lose that much And then we know Black Friday hit And then it all got a lot tougher To play poker as An American And then we are today Ten years later To where Online poker is pretty much dead If you're an American Unless you want to play on one of those uh, Legalized sites, which right now there's only one Ultimate poker And I still play live sometimes But you know now I have a, a young child And I just don't have that much time to go do that I actually played live a few days ago though, And the games are tougher Than they used to be And they play lower than they used to be The same people who played 200-400 in 2005 Are now playing 40-80 I'm talking about Limit, but even No Limit. You know, the, Everyone stepped down, it seems, except for a few nosebleed players. So it's a lot tougher now. And You guys all know that. I've talked about that many times in the show. But what I wanted to talk about here in this segment was not so much give a history of myself and my 10 years of playing professional poker, but how do I feel about it? Someone started a thread on 2plus2 recently. I didn't participate in it, but uh, it was a thread... Entitled, Are There Any Poker Pros Out There That Don't Regret Their Decision To Turn Pro? Well, I'm one of them. I don't regret it. I'm going to tell you right now all the good things about me turning into a poker pro. That means quitting my job and only playing poker for a living. Ten years ago. Here are the good things. Number one, I made more money overall... By a good margin Than I would have If I kept working Even if I moved up in my career I, I was uh, I was a programmer But even Unless I had stumbled upon the next uh, Google or Microsoft And got stock options or whatever um, Which wasn't that likely Just as a programmer there, there was no way I would have made as much money As I did for the past 10 years Playing poker So I made more money I had no boss. I had my own schedule. Could sleep as late as I wanted. Didn't have any fights with the boss or wasn't given crappy work I didn't want to do and you know all the, all the usual office drama. I didn't have any of that. Didn't have to ask anyone for vacation time. I could play as much or as little as I wanted. There were many many good things about the past ten years being a poker pro. So I made money, I held on to the money, and that—that's one of the hardest things to do as a poker pro is to actually hold on to what you win. I don't even know if I want to take this call. Hey, I'm going to call you back. I'm in the middle of a segment here, so I'm—I just—I'm I, I just, I'm just not in the mood for it right now. Anyway. I was a, uh, you know, I, I held on to the money, and uh, that, that's very hard to do without a lot of discipline. I have more money now than I have at any point, so my money ha- has consistently. Risen up even I had some losing years But then I came back and won again So if you look at the graph Of my net worth it went up 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 It never went up as sharply As it did in '04 and '05, But it went up And uh, you know I was I was careful not to Overdo it I didn't shoot off my Bankroll I, I kept within the proper limits I would move down if things weren't working out where I moved up to. I did a lot of things right in poker. A lot of things right that many people wish they did. A lot of people who won a lot of money in poker at one point, a lot of people who won a lot more than me at one point, are sitting there broke right now and they look at people like me and say, wow, I wish I could be like that guy. That's the good. That's the part I'm proud of. I'm also proud of the fact that I've been a vocal anti-cheating advocate that I've been one who calls out shady operations shady people in poker and shines a spotlight on them because it's easy to not do that and say hey it's not my problem but I'm proud of the fact that I have spent time calling this out I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I appeared on two nationally televised TV shows including one watched by 18 million people Talking about the UB scandal So I'm proud of that too But there's some things I regret Even though I made Some good money during these years I could have made more If I just stopped for a second And looked around and saw what people were doing to make money and that I could have done the same thing. Now in some ways I did things that were very smart. For example, I didn't spend all my time on the mainstream sites like PokerStars and Full Tilt. I was looking for these little out of the way, off the beaten path sites, you know, before uh, a lot of these sites eventually stopped offering games to Americans, but I found a lot of these small sites where the players were just awful and the pros didn't know about them. And I would kill these sites. And that's where I won a lot of my money. I mean, yeah, I won on Poker Stars, but I won most of my money on these other sites where the games were better. And a lot, of, a lot of times they were big games, too. So I was smart to go off the beaten path to find those, but at the same time, there were things right in front of my face that I didn't do. For example, being an affiliate. I saw and knew about all these people who were offering rake back. They were affiliates for existing poker sites. There were so many poker sites out there offering affiliate deals, and these people were the middlemen who would sign people up and then get a piece of their rake. And you know, I totally had the means to become an affiliate. I had the programming skill to make my own site I could have hired someone to do the SEO tricks. I'm not very good at those, but I, I could have done the SEO tricks to get myself uh, higher in Google. I could have signed up my friends who were grinding big time, and you know, maybe even given them a little backdoor secret rakeback or whatever to get them to go with me. I could have gotten a piece of their action. I could have made a lot of money as an affiliate. I mean, I know people who just made bank on the affiliate without even playing a hand of poker. It was right in front of my face, and I never, never did it. When I was with Donktown we were like kind of an affiliate of an affiliate, but that never made much money at all. I regret not becoming an affiliate. Now it's too late, but I I regret not becoming an affiliate when it was easy to be one and easy to make a fortune doing it. You know, in the very early days of being an affiliate, you actually got to keep everyone's rake back. You didn't have to give them any rake back. You would just sign people up and they would give you like 35% of whatever they raked. I mean, you just be making a fortune. And I was there! I saw it happening, and I didn't do it. And I don't know why. I also regret not... Playing tournaments more When tournaments are really good And really easy to make money at Nowadays there's a lot of good players in tournaments Nowadays Yes you find donks Yes you find recreational players That are at your table at the World Series But there's a lot of damn good players you're up against Back in 2005 Tournaments were a hell of a lot easier But I just didn't like them I I said I'm not a tournament guy so Not only didn't I play many tournaments But even when I started to play some more In 06 and 07 I didn't take them seriously enough I, I didn't study them enough I, I didn't study proper tournament strategy I said, ah, you know I'll take a shot at this, I'll take a shot at that But I, I didn't really I shouldn't say I didn't know what I was doing But I, I, I could have been a lot better If I just made an effort To learn proper tournament strategy Back then And by the time I learned a lot more about it, the games were a lot harder. It feels funny to hear from someone who won so much in his first two tournaments by somewhat luck-boxing the whole thing, complaining about his lack of success in tournaments. But, I kind of feel that way. I kind of feel like I could have won a lot more, and unlike a lot of these other guys who won millions in tournaments in the heyday of them, I would not have chunked it off. I would have kept it, and I'd have it still in my bank account right now or invested somewhere. Uh, Here is a, I I believe someone who wants to be a co-host, Beer and Poker. Hello. How's it going, Jeff? Hi. I I hate to say this, but uh, even though we're on Skype, which is a a very clear connection typically, uh, your mic does not sound very good. Now, do you have a headset on? Uh,
4: Yeah, let me try to adjust it. Mm. Uh, Sound better like this? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Okay.
1: All right, very good, so you've never co-hosted I know you've called into the show before But I'm happy to have you tonight I'm I'm always happy to have a co-host And uh, I, I know you're a, a very active uh, poster on the site And I appreciate that as well You you make a lot of good posts here And uh, so, you know, happy to have you on here And I, as you heard, I was just uh, discussing My ten years of being a poker pro And some things I regret And, and you know, I mentioned the affiliates I mentioned the tournaments That I, I just didn't play enough of Until they became too hard And uh, I'll tell you something else I regret I started feeling like Because I was a big winner at Limit Hold'em That that just automatically meant That I could just beat any game With any lineup Now I wasn't foolhardy enough to go sit down With the top heads up players And play them 500-1000 I I wasn't that stupid But I did play a number of games in commerce At 400-800, 300-600, 500-1000 where the lineups were tough, where it'd be like eight really good players and one fish. And a lot of times, I, I just didn't do well in those games, and I, I lost in those games. I wasted a lot of time and energy in those games when I should have said, screw it. I, I should I should have gone more after the the low-hanging fruit, since I was really just trying to make money here and, and not uh, go around for bragging rights or whatever. I, I shouldn't have worried about these big games and commerce, which were just all in all very tough, and, and were so stressful. I mean, you, you sit down, and sometimes by, by the time two orbits have passed, you've lost more than 10 grand.
4: And, yeah, I remember, oh, sorry, I remember, like, early on, um, back in, like, 2005, Party Poker era, and that was... Look, I got, just got started playing poker a little before that, probably like 2004, 2003, and I wasn't even that good in those games. You didn't even have to be that good. You just had to be better than a lot of the players. I mean, there was just a lot of bad players.
1: Right, and I used to say about Party Poker back in those days that uh... – that was always the site, I like call it the fallback site. Whenever you would slump for a while, you'd just spend more time on partying. You'd, have, you'd pretty much have a guaranteed win if you played enough hands because everyone sucks so much. Like that That's what I should have just been hammering and said, forget about the live play against these good players at 300, 600, and 400, 800. Just, it just wasn't worth the variance. And and at one point I ran bad there and, and st- you know lost uh, and when I say I lost a lot of money, I, I don't mean I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars but I, I, I would lose, I, I once had a session there where I lost 82 grand and I, I just felt The worst ever. Like I just like, oh my god, I lost 82 grand in one day, and and then I also played a tough online game one time where I lost 90 grand in one day. Those are my two worst days ever. And I look back at it now and I go, that was just too much. I mean, if you're gonna play in a great game and lose 90k, fine. If you can if you can afford it, which I could, but uh, um, these games weren't that good. There was no reason for me to lose 90k or 82k. It just and the 90K was online, the, the 82K was um, you know live, but I played it too many games that were marginal. I, I should have just said, I'm only going to play if these are just excellent games, if they're really big. Otherwise, stick to lower. I don't care if it's a 300, 600 running, if the 100, 200 is a much better game, that's what I'm going to play.
4: And yeah, the- it, it's tough. Like if you, I mean, I played in some games, too, when I thought I probably wasn't... Uh, you know, a, a big favorite, or it's favorite enough, you know, there was a lot of tougher players in the games, and those games weren't really that good, but sometimes it's just the competitive nature, and you want to continue to play.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's what, so I regret that, because I, I did throw away some money that way, both in two ways. One, one from losing, and two, from uh, not spending the time playing where I was going to win for sure. And, uh, and, and so I regret that. I wish I stayed away from those type of games, and played a lot more where... It would have been a shock if I didn't win So that, that's another thing I regret From the past of, of the 10 years in poker um, Another thing I regret This goes back to the tournament thing uh, You see all these endorsed players And back in the at the peak of the poker boom If you just put up some decent tournament results In the short term You would get signed by one of so many sites out there And you didn't have to be a pretty girl And you didn't have to be a a young Patrick Antonius looking guy You could just be a regular dude who puts up some results And people know who you are and then they'd sign you And start buying you into tournaments Giving you all these great perks I could have been one of these people But There were two things I did That made it tough for me to be one of those people The biggest one was I didn't play enough tournaments and because i didn't play enough tournaments i didn't follow up my winnings in the in05 with more winnings and i became a tournament has been and nobody wanted to sign me number 2 was getting involved with never Win poker and you say what well, how can i regret that because if i didn't get involved with never Win poker this show wouldn't exist and most of you would not know me and 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 I, you know this community wouldn't exist and i, I this community is something that i see as a very positive thing I, I really enjoy this community And that's why I do this show every week That's why I run this site And don't make any money And um, So I'm not regretting that part But I got Because of all the filth on never Win poker um, That definitely reflected poorly upon me And made it uh, Harder for places to justify signing me And I know this for a fact And you know had I owned a piece of Neverwin poker, fine, but here I was just a very involved member but not not someone who who owned any piece of it, so I was getting the worst of both worlds. so I, I definitely regret not going one way or the other. like if I'm gonna get involved in a community like that which which did end up being lucrative for the ones who didn't own it, not not super lucrative, but but somewhat lucrative, uh, at least own it, otherwise I was shooting myself in the foot kind of both ways. So, I I kind of uh, regret that, and uh, one other regret I have is that um, you know I thought it was funny typing stuff like G A Y and Poker Stars when I would lose a hand and and, uh, other you know little things like that, but uh, the the truth is you know messing around like that in the chat also made people take me less seriously. Getting on, on TV and ESPN and spinning a seat cover, yeah, yeah, it's funny to laugh at now, but you know that made people take me less seriously. I, I wish I could go back in time and erase some of the things I did when I was just clowning around, so I could be taken more seriously, and, and maybe you've gotten more of those sponsorships, and um, you know, and, and also have played more tournaments and just you know, I, I figure if I played more tournaments, I probably would have and and, and really tried to learn the proper tournament of strategy. Took it seriously, then. Then I probably would have hit some just from you know
4: playing a certain number. Yeah, I have a question for you though. Did, like, do you ever go off on a live player like you kind of do online? I no, mean, no, I, no, I, I really I, don't. I have a lot more respect for people live. No, I, just I kind don't. Of just like shrug I, my head. You know, yeah,
1: it's just different. It's a different environment. No, I, I don't go off on live players. Like I, in fact, um, I, I usually don't ever comment on people's play either way. Even if it's like I'd never criticize a fish. And as far as even other pros, when they do something that's uh, that's stupid, that ends up putting a bad beat on me, I, I don't say anything, even though I'm not worried about offending them, like and driving them out of the game. I just live is just a different environment. It's not like I'm afraid of them. Like I'm not. It's not. It's not that I'm afraid if I say something they're gonna hit me or something. I just it's just a different environment than online, where you know, like it or not, online people just always speak more freely, and it's just kind of always been more accepted that people speak more freely online. And it's not about hiding behind the computer because everyone knew who I was as Dan Druff, and I, I knew I'd be seeing them tomorrow at the card room. So it's not like when I type G A Y after a beat that I, you know, I think I'm anonymous. I know I'm not anonymous, and I know I'm going to see the people the, you know the next day or the next week or the next month. But uh, no, I, I when I play live, I, I was uh, I typically am fairly quiet when I play live. The only exception to that is when I play tournaments. Sometimes I make a real attempt to talk at the table and to um, especially to the fish. Because I, I found that when you talk to the fish at the table that they, I shouldn't say soft play me, but they, uh, they're much more, uh, they make things easier on me. When I make a tough fold, they show me what they had and things like that. So uh, they bluff me less. So it, there's a real benefit, I think, to, be, to being likable at a tournament table with with amateurs there, and I've said that before. But at cash games, I really don't give a crap, and I, I never, I don't really talk trash to people in cash games, but I also don't, uh, don't go out of my way to be friendly either.
4: Yeah, I agree. Like, sometimes in the tournaments, people seem to, like, show you their hands or just be like, I kind of like you, so, you know, <laughs> I'll go easy on you. Maybe not easy on you, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've definitely had that many times. I Every year at the World Series, I, I can tell you about stories where people uh did not play me as hard because they seemed to like me at the table, and, and because I was you know, I was nice to them, and uh, um, I, I try to feed that environment rather than you know like make them think it's all competitive. Now like deep down I'm thinking all I want to do is beat everyone, but uh, I I don't I, I try not to make it look like that. I try to make it look like I'm just there to, to play and have fun, and uh, you know I, I don't angle shoot or anything, but uh, you know it, it's useful. It's 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 very useful to to see. You know, when someone's showing you their hands you know they're not doing it to mess with you you know they're actually doing it because they like you and just want to show you what they had and that you're they can tell you're frustrated you laid down a hand and, and they say, okay well here's what I had you can feel better now like, like uh, it's great to get things like that. It's like free information yeah. so anyway um, so I, I, I do regret I, I could have definitely put myself in a position to get sponsorships and I, I just didn't do it and, uh, and and I feel in some ways I hurt myself. Uh, With possibly getting these And I I know I wasn't in the demographic Necessarily that they wanted to hire To be the face of these sites You know that uh, these sites weren't looking to run out And sign a a 40 year old guy Or 35 year old guy to be the face of the site
4: Well he can be on lock They got a bunch of people nobody knows who they are (laughs) (laughs) Yeah even full tilt But uh,
1: yeah I mean it's uh, So I kind of regret that part of it too I, I just feel like there were a number of money making Opportunities that were out there that I didn't take, or ones where I, I, even though I practiced good bankroll management, it could have been even better. I, I there were a number of times I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't play in that game. Oh, I wish I didn't play that guy heads up just because I thought he was like a little bit bad, and it turned out he wasn't bad at all. Like I wish I just stuck to the spots where I knew they were good spots, and if I if I could just like stick to that, just I'm only going to play in this game if I'm. Especially convinced it's a really good spot, then I would have won a lot more money.
4: Yeah, there's games too. You, um, you I mean you don't realize it till afterwards, or you, or you just really ran bad and maybe it would have been a good spot had you, you know, cards fallen a little differently for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of times where the, where the cards really made a difference. I mean, there, there's there were really a lot of times where I'm like, oh man, if, if this just fell a little bit differently, I, I would have won so much more. And I, I even, especially in tournaments. Uh, the, the time where the ace hit the river to prevent me from hitting a, fi- a televised final table and finishing in tenth place. I mean, there's just I have so many stories like that, and uh, everybody does who's played at tournaments. But uh, yeah. um, it really is amazing how how like one card can really change everything. It, it can just set up set off a whole chain of events. I mean, even J.C. Tran, who's the current chip leader of the main event, was down to twelve thousand five hundred in chips on day th- on day three. On midday three. Keep in mind, you That's start with, you start with 30K. So so you really can come back if you, know, if you just get the right cars. And he was also all in behind too uh, for, with, with his 12.5. Uh, here, here's a question for the chat. Would you have accepted $35 an hour rake back from Full Tilt, the standard Red Pro deal? He's referring to you on Full Tilt. They had a ton of Red Pros, you know, pros on the site. They were like, lower-tier pros, that uh, they didn't actually pay them, they just gave them $35 an hour uh, in rake back.
4: Yeah, I mean, I played on Full Tilt, so why, why not? I, I well, before I knew anything about them, yeah, I mean, now, after the fact, you're kind of glad, but I mean... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course.
1: But yeah, I, I would have accepted I mean, it's better than getting just a standard crappy rakeback deal they have there. Uh, now, if I was offered something better on another site, I'd tell Full Tilt to go fuck themselves, but... Uh, but yeah, I mean, something's better than nothing. I, um, I I was not holding out for too much money, if that's what you guys are thinking. I, I wasn't getting like inundated with offers saying no, no, no. I think I'm worth more than that. No, I, I was happy to take what they'd give me for free. Uh, the the only sponsorships I really had, and these were like brief sponsorships. These were I was never a sponsored player officially. I was like a sponsored player for this tournament. I was sponsored by Interpoker. Poker. For the 3K limit hold'em at the in 2005, and that's the one I won. That's why I'm wearing inner poker stuff and the pictures of me winning the bracelet. I was sponsored by Sun Poker that same year at the main event. I was sponsored by Sun, Pe- Sun Poker in 06 and uh, and also in 05 for uh, the Saint Kitts uh, tournament there. And I was sponsored by, um, of all things, UB in 2007. I played their Aruba tournament for free And I was sponsored, I mean they paid my buy-in And I I wore their stuff But uh, I was never a UB pro or anything And this was just as we were Starting to suspect A super user on AP (laughs) In fact I, I talked about maybe confronting Some of the people at UB In Aruba But I was afraid to do it Because of one Natalie Holloway And I said, you know what We're in a foreign country. UB has a lot of influence over here. I I don't want to make waves over here. I'll make waves back in the U.S. This is not the place I want to make waves. I can do just as much at home in a few days, so I'll wait till I get home. So, and this was just—we didn't have any answers at that point. It was just the beginning when we were strongly suspecting a super user on AP and nothing on UB yet, but. Anyway, that 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 uh that, that was the history of of sites buying me into tournaments. But that's other than that I played for myself. And um you know, aside from the last few years when people on poker fraud alert and before that donkdown uh, bought pieces of me, members bought pieces of me. So um someone asked, would you have accepted the same as Prahlad to back up UB? No, I wouldn't have accepted anything to back up UB. If you guys know me, you know I'm serious when I say that I don't care what they would have paid me. I would not have come out and lied for them. I would not have come out and said, oh, everything's fine, go play on UB when it's not.
4: I'd love to know what he made. I heard it was a lot of money. That's all I heard. (laughs) Yeah, it it had to be. And and
1: what people don't realize is that he probably took the money because he needed it. Because he took this UB job just as he went on a big downswing on Poker Stars, he lost like 800k straight on Poker Stars, and right then he took the UB job. And you have to understand about Prahlad, this was a very, very principled guy. I didn't agree with his politics. He was a very liberal guy, and you know I'm not liberal, but this guy was was very, very principled, and very, very into what he believed, and super anti corporate so much that he said, "I'm not going to ever wear." Any gear for any online poker sites because I'm not going to sell out to any corporate interest. And I said, "All right, I I respect that." And then, of all things, he sells out to the
4: worst corporation there is. I still remember the first time they, you know, they announced it and they put that video. I just like shook my head, like I'm just, just like, really, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, I just couldn't believe he did it. I'm going to get this. I I love that video actually. That's uh...
1: the new UB. (laughs) Yeah, this this is. Let me get this. Where is it? Here we are This is hilarious What happens when you combine 1.1 million What what could you? What happens when you combine Millions in cash game victories 1.1 milli in WPT scores And a WPT championship title 700k in WSOP bling An unstoppable focus Brought to every game You get a stronger, louder team UB Perlod Friedman is here And then they show they show like a computer monitor of him on his computer. It's like you're watching him on a computer monitor, but then it's him staring at his computer monitor. And he's like jamming to music here.
4: Oh, what's up, everybody? <laughs>
1: That's my favorite part. <laughs> they show like a hand tapping him on the shoulder and he turns around like, as if you surprised him. Oh, what's up, everybody? <laughs> I mean, this is awful. Now it's not even playing. Yeah, whatever. So, uh... Oh, here we go. There's the tap. Hello. What's
4: up, everybody?
0: I just want to let y'all know that I'm the latest UB signed homie. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a uh, butthead there. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm the next. You'll be homie. Cheating, cheating, cheating. And I'm real excited about it. It was the old UB, but this is the new
4: UB, and I'm gonna Yeah, big, big
1: difference there.
4: Shake things up. Call me the point guard, whatever. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna be kicking it. I'm gonna be traveling the world, playing tournaments, taking them
5: down.
1: Playing tournaments with money we stole from you. And
5: we'll just be chilling.
1: Now he's turning back around to jam to his music again. He he can't even uh, pay attention to the people who who were interested in this. He's got to go back to his music. He can't, can't even wait.
3: start the clock, when you hit your first free throw, you
1: have 60 seconds. Uh, some stupid basketball thing he did. Alright, so, yeah, I, I never get tired of that video, though. So, anyway, that's, uh, that's how I felt about my 10 years in poker. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't go back and change the fact that I went pro in poker. I don't wish I stayed at my job or stayed on that same career path. It has been nice not having a boss and Waking up when I wanted At least until I had a kid Now I can't wake up when I want anymore But um, You know I, I feel now A little bit like Now I kind of am forced on a schedule On a work schedule because Benjamin's mother works So if I want to do anything with her It's got to be around her work schedule So sometimes I think oh, you know, Maybe I might as well just have a job Because she has a job But then when it comes to getting up early in the morning I say eh I'm glad I don't have a job. So, what am I going to do for the next 10 years? Well, I, I really, really hope that online poker comes back in a federal or pseudo-federal sort of way. Um, when I say pseudo-federal, I mean where the states cooperate with one another and we get a lot of states in on it. Where it's not just Nevada and New Jersey, but California and New York and maybe Texas or may- maybe you know, Illinois, a number of big states that get together to where even if we have some holdouts like Utah and Hawaii, that don't want to do it. and Those are two very notoriously anti-gambling states. Um, if you get the big population areas of the country that opt into this, we're going to have a lot of fish back online. We will have a lot of fish. There's still a lot of fish left in the game. We just don't have a lot of fish right now that are willing to go through all the hassles to play on current US online poker sites and for good reason. So, I think there's a lot of potential for poker to make a big comeback. And even though we have a lot more good players now out there than we used to than we used to then, it's going to be it's going to be much tougher because you're
4: going to have a, always a few good players at the table. But yeah, I agree. Like, there's a lot of fish out there still, and there will be a, a whole new breed of fish that come into the games. I can just imagine how they'll be once you start advertising. You know, if they can get back on TV and start advertising the big sites again, if there's, you know, assuming that we get in a lot of states. And um, I'm like, I've talked to some people; that they don't even realize that you could still play on some of these sites. But I don't know whether they play or not. But um. yeah, so
1: we, I think future the future is soon for legalized online poker that covers a lot of states. When I say soon, you know, maybe not in the next year, but fairly soon. to where it's Something I feel I can still wait for. Now, if that somehow fails, if it either doesn't happen, or it happens and it just isn't very good, then I'll, I'll have to do something else. Right now I can afford to wait. But, um... You know, if it stayed like this, I I would get out of poker because it, just, or I'd play occasionally. I did say a few weeks ago that I might quit tournaments because of all the stress it put on me, and I I, I don't know if I'm going to be back next year at the World Series or not. But uh, if I am, I'll I'll be coming back with a a different attitude about the whole thing. At least I'll try, so I don't have the same effect as what happened when I busted the main event just barely short of the money.
4: So. Yeah, it's it's just too soon after. It's I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is you. still yeah. it is still too soon. It will be too soon for a couple months, but maybe when it comes World Series poker time you'll feel it again, maybe. Yeah.
1: And and I actually played live poker for the first time since the World Series um on Sunday. But you know, and and I I felt like I normally did. Like I wasn't um I wasn't traumatized by the World Series or anything. I could play my normal poker game. It wasn't a tournament, it was cash, but um you know, I felt fine there. And I I actually won. So Um, so I'm still going to play poker for sure. It's a matter of uh, will I come back to the World Series. But uh, I'm just waiting to see what happens. And and I'm hoping we can have a second poker boom. And I'll have years I can talk about ten years from now that were part of the second poker boom that were very good to me.
4: I think the boom could even be bigger if... If you can get it, some kind of a federal bill, I doubt that. I mean, I don't know. That's a long ways away, probably. I, mean, you have to get, I think several states will happen, and then maybe a federal bill, possibly. But. Well, I'll tell you
1: why I don't think it will be. Is I, I've always made this statement that having an absence of good players at your table is more important than having the presence of bad players. And so what I'm afraid will happen is even if we have some great... Uh, a great influx of recreational players who are not very good. Even a, an influx of terrible players. It's going to be hard to get these games where you don't have a number of pros at your table. Everyone's going to hear about these games wherever they are. They're all going to show up. And and I think it'll be then a matter of maybe you can sometimes catch the games at 4 in the morning when no one's around and, and you know, get in a fluke game with without any uh, good players. But it's going to be a lot harder than the old days to be in games where there aren't good players but but at the same time a lot of the money i won in 04 and 05 had a lot of good players at the table but there were just some absolutely horrendous donks who were just giving away free money and eventually you're going to win it so
4: you, you really just need a lot of the you know a lot of new recreational players come in because the money just the money just flows up um you know their money and just goes right goes right up to better players yeah the they, money that they bring in. So.
1: Yeah, we def- we need enough recreational players to feed all the current pros, and if we don't, then the current pros start eating each other, and we don't want that. So that's uh, that's what we need, and, and so, you know that that's the future. I hope for online poker for me, and that's, that's where I'll mainly be playing, especially being a father now, and that's that's, what I hope happens. I want to talk about uh, Vladimir Geshkinbain? Who has been mentioned a number of times on this show Finished 62nd in the main event Stiffed the backers who originally bought him in Canceled the stake and said hey I I stole your money So now the stake is cancelled and I'm going to go play on somebody else's money So tough luck Hopefully I'll pay you back at some point Well surprisingly he actually showed up on poker fraud alert I didn't even tell him that's going on here he showed up on Poker Fraud Alert And made a post, and this is his only post He has not posted again on the site But this is what he wrote I have been reading This thread for a while, but after your statement I felt compelled to post And this was a statement by a Shady Jay Who was uh, Who was claiming that Um, that That, that there's no way the backers could have been free rolling him, as he accused them. He was saying that the the backers <laughs> that that originally backed him and he stole their money. That somehow they were free rolling him. By uh, and the way he meant that, he was trying to say they're free rolling him because once he canceled the stake and say, "Hey, I'll pay you guys back," that they would have expected the money back if he lost the main event playing on another guy's stake. But then once he won. Money in the main event then they wanted that too So he claimed they were free rolling him expecting him to pay them No matter what Um, I I think that's ridiculous because uh, If you cancel a stake you have to give everyone The money back immediately you can't just uh, Say hey sorry I stole your money maybe I'll pay you Sometime that's uh or even if you don't Say maybe you say you will but you don't have any Real Viable way to do so And to guarantee they'll get their money back then uh, As far as I'm concerned they still have action On you so he wrote, I've been reading this thre- thread for a while, but after your statement, I feel compelled to post. You must be completely out of your mind for thinking I'm actually profiting from this situation. Apart from having irreversibly destroyed my reputation, I have also lost more money than any single staker in the process. So he, he's claiming that, that he lost more money than everybody who staked him, so therefore it's, it's actually the worst for him. Well, yeah, but you lost your money in a way that um, you, know, you had control of. They lost money because you stole it from
4: them. There's a big difference. I hate, when, I hate when people make that example. Well, but I'm out a lot out of deal. Well, you agreed to make this deal. I mean, what, what does that have to do with anything? You know? yeah. I, yeah,
1: I hate when people cause their own – they cause themselves to lose money. Then they lose some of your money in the process that they should not have lost. And they say, well, hey, I'm worse off than you are. Hey, look, I, I've got it worse than you. No, you don't. I mean you, you may have it worse, but the, you caused it. So if you stole my money, don't complain that you also lost more of your own. You still stole my money. So uh, he goes on to write, "I have so far paid out about 120k from the 124k that I cashed in the main event. I don't know if that's true, but he's claiming that he's paid out almost everything that he cashed there, 124k. Uh, Most of the backers have been fully paid out. A few are still left to receive their funds ASAP." I absolutely agree that I made many mistakes at the beginning. I was putting too much trust in other people who promised to send me funds they owed me, which I was planning to use for World Series buy-ins, but never happened. So I, he's trying to now pass the blame somewhat to other people, claiming that um, people owed him money too. So when he chunked off money in the casino, he was chunking off the stake money, but thought that others who owed him money would pay him back and and he could replenish the money that way and then when they didn't then he didn't have any money anymore. But that, that's no excuse. You 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 can't you have to wait till those people actually pay you before you can blow it. You, otherwise you're blowing the stake money, which is what you did. You can't blame the other people for not paying you back. That's a separate issue. Uh, I was and I was playing cash games which I should not have. Exactly. At the end I had a decision to make. I guess in hindsight it was the wrong decision and I should have just canceled the whole thing and not played it at all. But then again, the backers would have had to wait a considerable while longer until I'd be able to pay them. Now this is what we've all been arguing on this site about is whether or not he should have played and if he did, what he owes the original stakers when he says he quote canceled it. Some people are saying hey, you should be thrilled this guy is playing, it's the only way you're going to get your money back, because he doesn't exactly have a job. Um, Others are saying if you stake him in this event, he doesn't give you your money back after he steals it from you, and then someone else stakes him um, you know, you you shouldn't you shouldn't be okay with that that you don't have a piece of it anymore, and that all you're hoping to do is all you're hoping is that he wins something there so he can he can pay you back and you can break even. Otherwise, if he loses, you lose also. So you're either losing or breaking even. You're totally
4: being free rolled. So one thing I didn't he- I didn't read maybe I just didn't see it was but was his new staker aware of his previous staker's deal? Yes. Okay. So that's kind of bad too. I don't think. Um, I think this new staker. you know, as a as a common you know courtesy, I don't think I'd want to stake somebody if they were just being staked by somebody else. If I knew, for, unless I knew for sure that they were had no other ties with them, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I I agree. I think he convinced the guy of like, hey, you know, I, I, I you, you can follow me to the cage. I'll pay you first, and and then I'm going to use this money to pay back the people I stole from. So you know, everybody wins. So I, I think that's the way he probably put it to them. Uh, so then he he went on to write, I was never intended to defraud or scam anyone. Everyone who knows me well can confirm this. I have issues with bankroll management, but it does not make me a cheat. I'm deeply saddened by the way I'm being labeled here. I guess I deserve some of it, but I, I never was and am not a scammer. Regards, Vlad. Well, whether you intended to defraud or scam anyone, you did. You, you defrauded and scammed them. Now, you may not have this may not have been premeditated, uh, but you did knowingly take other people's money and blew it and you spent the money in places you were not supposed to. The agreement was you use these this money to enter World Series events and other agreed upon tournaments around the world series and not play cash games and not gamble it wherever else and uh, I even heard stories that he paid back uh, other debts from the past using this money. So once you take money that is not yours and you spend it elsewhere where you, you know different from where you're supposed to spend it, you have stolen it. That's what full tilt did. Full Tilt took our money and spent it on advertising whatever other crap they used it for. Payouts to their owners. And when it came time to give us our money back, they did not have it because they stole our money. And that's what they did. Full Tilt stole our money. They knowingly stole our money, and therefore everybody involved in stealing our money who knew they were doing it, such as... uh, Uh, Ray Bittar, Howard Lederer, Chris Ferguson Ray First, anyone who knew What they were doing stealing our money like that Even if they intended to repay us Even if they intended to get the whole ship right Before anyone knew about it They still stole the money And same with this guy here This guy stole money And then was hoping that other sources would come through to bail him out Such as people who owed him money from the past Or whatever But that's not the way it works You can't steal first and hope
4: people bail you out later So the people you stole from don't realize you stole from them one thing I would do if I was a backer, and I was backing a lot of people, I would like, have a bunch of them meet me at such and such time at the Rio and make sure I register for these guys for the events and tell them, you know, don't don't let them unregister. I mean, make sure they're actually registered for the event I, I so they don't right. have the money in their pocket because sometimes when they have that money in their pocket, they're going to walk and play uh, a cash game and pit games.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point, and uh, the problem these people couldn't do it because most of them were not physically at the World Series. But um, this... Underscores the danger Of just handing people money and saying Okay, go take this to play these tournaments We're not around to supervise you But just go do it We, we, we have no reason to, to trust you That you're not going to steal our money But go do it I mean, when you send me money on this site For me to play tournaments And you have a piece of me You know I'm not going to run off with it You know I'm not going to blow it gambling or whatever But, but um Most poker players, especially young poker players who are known to have horrible bankroll management, you can't just trust them to spend the money they say they will. So with those type of guides, you either don't stake them or you have to be in a situation where you can verify that every penny you give them goes into the place it does and that you don't give it to them unless they walk up with you and and register for the tournament. So... Yeah, I agree. Anyway, uh before we go on uh, I mean I don't have much more to say about this I, I just gave my reaction I I think it's good he responded on our site but uh, it doesn't change my opinion over what he did and um, you know, he has destroyed his reputation if he really has paid out 120 thousand of the 124 he cashed great I, I hope he did that would mean that um, you know he can't invent money where it doesn't exist uh, he can't pay people four hundred thousand. If he only has 124, but if he really paid 120 of the 124 out to people, that's a good start. But um, the the way he handled it the whole way and the way he was uh, telling them the best they're going to do is break even, I thought was pretty bad. I, I obviously he couldn't afford to give everybody their original deal because he just wouldn't have he wouldn't have enough money. He have, he would have sold more than 100% of himself. But uh, give them something for for winning here if he's going to steal their money and then cancel the stake, and they have no guarantee they're going to get their money back. At that point... One of, the,
4: one of the things, like, you would think his reputation would really be hurt by this, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes some of these guys still find a way to get staked later on in, in, oh, yeah. in the next year or so.
1: Yeah, they do. That's the thing. You, I mean, Chino Reams still gets staked. They. It seems like you can always get staked as long as you're known as a good player, which this guy is. So, so all these greedy idiots in the poker community say, well... As long as I keep close watch on him, all right, I'll stake him. I'm just going to keep close tabs. And Even if you do, even if you do keep close tabs on the guy and you make money from him, I, I would think, I would hope everybody would have some sort of conscience for the community that they, they cut these guys off and just don't give them positive reinforcement for doing things like this. But unfortunately, everybody's out for themselves, and all they see is dollar signs. And they say, "Hey, if I stake this good player, and I just make sure to follow him as he plays—you know, physically follow him, physically go to the cage with him, and collect the money he promised me—then uh, you know, I have a good investment going." It just—I just don't like that. It also kind of sucks that the one whoever stakes these guys last always has priority to the money, because they really shouldn't. They do, and there's nothing you can do about it because they wouldn't give these stakes in the first place if they didn't have this priority. They'll say, hey, I'm only going to do this if uh, I get the money first and then the guy has to agree to it. But it just really sucks for the first people who stake them because they're really not any less worthy of the money. Anyway, before I uh, go on here with the next topic, I want to let everybody know that this radio show, Poker Fraud Alert Radio, is brought to you by StatClash. StatClash is a daily fantasy sports site where you can play fantasy sports for real money. You don't have to play a whole year, a whole month. You can go and play daily events in fantasy sports for real money And the best part is it's easy to deposit and easy to cash out. There's no shady payment processors to deal with. There's no five-month waits to cash out. Everything's quick because it's 100% legal in the United States, so there's no hiding behind all these processors that are pretending to process for other things. So if you think you're good at fantasy sports and you want to support this site... Now, this site doesn't make any money directly from you signing up with StatClash. But, um... If you you support StatClash, if you go on there and play, and then tell them you heard about it through Poker Fraud Alert, then they're much more likely to sponsor us again, and then this site won't lose money every month, as it has been. So, uh, I'm going to play the Stack Clash commercial once again. I I really encourage everybody to go try it out, and they may even have some kind of free roll coming soon that uh, was mentioned to me in an email, so we'll see if that gets going also. But, uh, either way... uh, go play stat clash and someone's saying i get $5 a month for the banner that's up on top no i, 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 I wouldn't put a banner on top of my site for 5 bucks I, I guarantee i'm getting more than 5 bucks i i i wouldn't put something up like that unless it was uh, worthwhile to put up but i'm also not getting rich off it let's just say that so here's stat clash
4: Introducing StatClash.com The newest daily fantasy sports site On the web StatClash has got the most sports online Including football, basketball, baseball Hockey and even soccer Playing StatClash is easy Join a contest, then pick real life players For your fantasy team StatClash offers all the fun of traditional fantasy sports Without the season long commitment With detailed player stats Head to head play and real time scoring You'll always be on top of the action Play, win and get paid. Invite your friends or play against users from around the globe. With free rolls, bonuses, and so many sports to choose from, getting started is easy at statclash.com. They gotta add that women's field hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that's. I I, I didn't talk
1: at first because I was trying to unmute myself and then I didn't realize I I didn't mute myself. So I hope hope you guys didn't hear me drinking water during the Stat Clash commercial. Um, someone in the chat Mentioning that they met Jean-Robert Ballande Playing blackjack And he was playing blackjack With a hot Asian and He was pretty cool I've played blackjack With Jean-Robert before And um, He and Eric Lindgren Both did the same thing to me Lindgren was worse But they, they both were drunk This was a separate time They didn't do it together But separately, they would see me playing blackjack they go, oh man, Druff is playing blackjack oh, I gotta sit with him, I gotta bet what he's betting they they both said things like that and I go, no, you don't say things like that you're supposed to be card counting under the radar, you don't come up and say, oh, I've gotta play with Druff and bet what he's betting you don't ever say that in front of the dealer about someone else playing so, so Jean Robert said that and he was too drunk to realize what he was saying Uh, Lindgren did it too, and he was much more obnoxious about it and kept repeating it and, uh, Jean Robert was funny This was just after he'd been on Survivor And some guy at the table was like You know who you remind me of? You remind me of that Jean Robert guy On, on Survivor And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, yeah, yeah, I get that a lot <laughs> <laughs> So, um So anyway I, I also spent time with Jean Robert At uh St. Kitt's He came to the 2006 St. Kitt's tournament And, uh, we hung out some there But, uh you know, I, I've always gotten along with him In fact, I could have rolled Jean Robert If I was a dishonest guy One time I was playing 8160 the Bellagio And he just randomly comes up to me and says He wants to buy a piece of me Because he likes my spot in this game And I'm like, nah, I don't really want to do this I want to play for myself He's like, how about if I give you 25% VIG on it I said, ah uh, He said, here, I'll, I'll give you 25% VIG And I'll pay you right now I'll buy in for such and such amount If you lose it, then it's just gone and that's it You know, if, if you win, then, then pay me, you know, minus 25% The so size, alright So He put, you know, I, I sold off that piece of myself, whatever it was And uh, Then I won, I won a good deal in that game So, then he was gone by the time I was finished, so he had no clue what I finished with, and everybody who saw him buy a piece of me was gone by then, so I could have totally just walked away and told him I either broke even or lost, but, uh, I called him and told him I won and told him the real amount and paid him, so, uh.
4: So you got to think something that goes on sometimes. Like, these guys walk away, and who knows if somebody's really telling the truth. There's a lot of honor system going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: or, or, or what I also could have done is just walked away and just not mentioned it to him and waited for him to come to me, and then he comes to me, oh, yeah, yeah I won, and give him the money. Like, I could have pretended like I lost his phone number or something. He, he, you know, he, it's a good chance he would have never come up to me. But, uh, you know, I I, I wasn't going to cheat anyone here, even if I had the opportunity. But I, I definitely had the opportunity. There was, there was zero chance he could have verified, because even the people who saw me winning earlier... Left and were long gone by the time the game broke. And when, when the game broke, all the people who were left were like f- fish who were unknowns. So I, I totally could have rolled the guy if I wanted to. So yeah, those those are some uh, John Robert stories. I've told other ones before too, like from the Party Poker Cruise. But uh, maybe we'll have him on the show again sometime. You know, he's never been on this show. He was on Dockdown but uh, you know, me and him have always gotten along. So he's like the type of person who I, I could get on here maybe. I mean, I know he's uh, he, he's. Tweeting pictures of hanging out with Ivy and clubs and stuff. So you know he's very he's got a very busy social life for sure. So, uh, but he, I think he's the type if I just called, and he answered, he would talk, because um, you know me, me and him have always gotten along, and uh, he likes to talk anyway. So, moving on to our next topic here, I want to talk about lock poker again. Uh, they, their forum on two plus two is frozen. Where everything that has been posted there is still there, but you cannot post. Everything's locked there. The lock forum is locked. I don't like this. I appreciate that two plus two has not deleted the forum. I mean, lock wants to see it deleted. Lock wants the whole thing wiped, and they only want their fail forum to continue—the one that uh, they heavily censor. And to where you're not even allowed to post there unless you're a, a, a current raking player. But uh, I don't like the fact that it's frozen because people on 2 plus 2 go there. They see there's a locked form, They want to read current information for what's going on. And once we get further and further away, people are going to go, oh, this is two months old. This doesn't matter anymore. And you say, well, maybe they won't keep it up for two months. Well, that's even worse. They remove it all. Or if they just move certain threads over to the general internet poker forum there, then the message will get lost. The great thing about the Lock Poker Forum on two plus two is that two plus two is the biggest poker forum and Lock Poker had their own subforum there. So people would easily find it. And then they would read about everything going on, and everything on the lock form was all about their different scams and lack of paying anyone and being broke and all their lies. And all you had to do was read a few threads there, and you'd realize not to deposit money unless you were a complete moron.
4: Yeah, that was the funny thing. Lock Poker is paying 2 plus 2 so they can get all the people to come on there and bash Lock Poker. Yeah, and the funny – Because, th- you know, deservingly so. I mean. Well,
1: and the, the reason they did this – now the last few months they weren't paying them anything. The forum was being run for free because uh, they were actually paying for their ads, and the forum was like a throw-in. And Lock Poker figured that they're still okay with that, and still okay with their forum being used to trash them because the people that they're looking to get are the people who are just going to click on the ads and not really read the forum. Maybe like people who just like browse a few strategy forums or whatever and don't really read uh, read the site that closely. So they were thinking that the ads there are still worth a lot to bring new suckers in and uh, that they're willing to put up with the necessary evil of the forum where everyone's bashing them. But then 2 plus 2 forced them to take down their ads and then they weren't paying anything. And the forum stayed up just to provide a service to the community to discuss all the problems there, which was good. So, uh, uh, unfortunately... It's frozen now And you can still talk about lock in other places on the site And people are talking about it It's just not as prominent anymore It's not as easy to find In fact, one of the reasons I started this site Is so people could f- go to an easy to find place Where you can see about all the different scams and scandals Going on in poker Without having, without having to sift through a lot of BS So you can just see on one page Like uh, all the scandals in the last few months And read about them in a condensed format And I think in that way, this site has been a success, is that we've uh, really gotten up a lot of different stories up on the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum, and if you just read that forum, which doesn't take that long to read, you can really get up to date on everything going on without having to
4: wade through just thousands of pages of BS on 2 +2. Plus 2. Speaking a little bit of a lock, Melanie Wisner, she hasn't even commented on that, has she, on her uh, whole...
1: No, no, Melanie Wisner has not answered, and it's very Hmm. clear she's guilty of what she's being accused, and that is... um, Selling lock poker funds at a profit, so she, or start buying them up and then cashing out at a profit. So she would buy lock poker funds at 75 cents in the dollar back when they were uh, selling for like, uh, I don't know, 65 or 60. She would buy them for 75 and then cash out with a priority cash out system and get it, get the money within a week at full value. So she was taking advantage of the fact that people were not able to get their money off lock and making money off of it. And she will not comment on it. There's a very, you know, there's a screenshot of a PM she sent someone back in March about this, and it's, it looks just about 100% as guilty here. And
4: just uh, some, some lock pros say they had this expedited cash outs, so and some say they, no, oh, I never had that. Well, actually, I don't know if I've heard too many of them say they did. Well, but, but a lot of them were saying that they didn't have this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and Melanie herself said that too. In fact, she told me this personally a few months ago. She actually had a discussion with me on Skype about the situation there. So, uh, I, I think some of them were lying, and I think some of them probably just didn't have it. And, um, and Mel Gay is actually hassling me in Skype, saying, you delete stuff on your site, remove posts, etc., sup about that, double standard, answer now on air, he's demanding. In all caps. I don't delete stuff on my site, except for, um... Very infrequently, I'll delete some, uh, I hardly really delete anything here at all. I don't ever delete any kind of real content. I'll delete crap occasionally. I'll delete some super blatant trolling that's just ruining the site. But I I really delete very little. In fact, sometimes I'll move things over to the bathroom wall, which is kind of like our junk area of the site. But uh, I I really delete very little, and I actually move very little too. I I really don't do very much moderation on this site. I don't know what he's complaining about. Uh, and, And I definitely don't just like censor things that are unfavorable toward me. You know, people criticize me all the time, and that stays up here. Um, also, speaking of Locke, Intertops, which is a very respectable company. You know, I used to bet on Intertops back in the mid-90s. It's a bet on sports there. And they paid me then, and they, they're still paying. Intertops has been a very respectable site, and they're part of the Revolution Gaming Network, which Locke I don't know if they own it or anymore or not. Uh, they claim to own it at one point. It's very confusing. But, uh... Revolution and Lock are definitely having problems. Intertops is on that network, and the rumor is that uh, Lock is just basically not paying any of the skins. The reason Lock would ever owe Intertops money is that since they play on the same network, if, at the end of every month, if Intertops players overall beat the Lock players, then... Locke has to pay Intertops so Intertops can pay these players. If that's a process known as reconciliation. If Locke fails to make reconciliation, meaning they don't pay, then Intertops has to pay these players out of their own pockets until they get the money from Locke. So that's what Intertops has been doing, and being a reputable company, even though Locke has not paid them in ages, even though they have not gotten the money from Revolution, it's you know I, also just all of Revolution, you know the network itself. I guess what happens is Locke pays into the network for the Reconciliation, and then Revolution distributes it. I, I guess that's the format. So, Revolution isn't giving the money to Intertops, but it may be because Locke is not paying Revolution,
4: which is probably the case. Yeah, Intertops probably just has a lot of money because they've been around so long. Yeah. They're, that's why they can dig into their pocket. Right. That's, that's why they're able to do that. That, that is,
1: yes. They, they've been around forever, and they, they do have a lot of money. But, but finally, they got tired of the bleeding, and, and they finally said... We're done with this, but but they're not leaving the network. They're not leaving the network for the same reason that if you've got a friend who owes you a fortune, you don't say to that friend, "Hey, you know what? You're a piece of shit. F you, I never want to talk to you again." Because what's going to happen? That friend's never going to pay you, even if you yeah, hate so your so friend. Well, when they get paid. Yeah, even if you hate your friend right now for what he did to you, you're you're not going to tell him what a piece of shit he is unless you're completely writing off ever getting that money. So. Uh, so that's why Intertops is afraid to leave. They know the second they step off that network, they can kiss goodbye the massive sum of money. I don't know how much it is, but it's a lot that is owed to them right now from the network, and and probably from Locke itself. So um, Intertops is now trying to stop the bleeding instead, and, and just hoping some miracle occurs to where they get paid.
4: But in the meantime, they, they don't want to lose any more money. That's weird. I just lost a... Uh that's the thing, too. A lot of the players that were playing on intert- or on lock realized you know, what's going on with lock and that they can't get their money, so they're navigated over to intertops. So a lot of the intertops players are going to be a lot better players now because it's the better players that are moving over there the who are the ones you are going to cash out and get paid. So those are the ones winning money. Right, right. That, that's definitely happening,
1: Sold. too. And uh, you know what's really weird? There were two good articles on PokerFuse.com, and um, I, I think I miscopied them. I think it's the problem. Let me... I think I didn't copy them right. I, I'm trying to click them from the link on my own site, and now I'm noticing they don't work. But I I think that... Uh, I think it's because I didn't copy the link properly. So let me, let me poke refuse. I want to read these articles to people. Sorry for the lack of preparation here. Yeah, I just I just didn't copy the links right. So I'll fix them after the end of the show. But, um, so the first thing they did on July 29th, Intertops announced that Winnings in all of their cash games and -and sit-and-goes Will be first reviewed by network security Before being actually credited to people's accounts To where they can uh, cash them out Or or do anything with them, really The reason for this is not because Intertops Is trying to steal people's money Or or that they're overly suspicious of, of people being cheats But because they have realized that Everyone knows Intertops is paying quickly Everyone knows that Locke is not paying anyone Save for you know a few people that they're just doing for appearances And nobody from the US is getting paid on there So it doesn't take a genius to think Okay, I've got a friend on Intertops I'll just play him heads up and dump my money to him Then he'll cash out on Intertops And uh, we're all good We all have our money And, and you know no one gets hurt from this well, no one except for Intertops, because Intertops is not getting paid by Locke. So when you do this, when you chip dump in this way, you're not just circumventing policy. You're actually cheating Intertops because Intertops has to then pay you out of their own pocket, and they have to go after Lock to get paid. And and you really shouldn't shift the burden to Intertops because it's not their fault. They've they've done everything right. So Intertops rightfully said, we, we're gonna we're gonna check every time. Someone wins money In cash games here, and if it's against players Who are on other skins We're going to check very carefully that this is Not chip dumping, and if it is, then uh, We're not going to let you have the money So um, they're, This is going to be a huge burden On them, but they, they did this Simply because they just don't have a choice Because there was so much chip dumping going on And they just felt like uh, Now everyone's a suspect, every time someone wins uh, everyone's a suspect
4: you, you can't b- completely blame them for it i mean <laughs> yeah. you know uh, so, <laughs> they are yeah. getting out a, they're out no, a lot I, of line i don't and I don't, I don't blame them into it
1: i don't blame them i, I you I have to do something lock
4: you know
1: yeah you blame lock yeah you can you can't blame them this they can't just let themselves have money taken from them by by frustrated lock players who, who move the problem over to airtops i mean this is not Airtops' problem This is Locke's problem, and Intertops shouldn't be footing the bill for it, and I see why they don't want chip dumping here. It's not like a lot of sites don't like chip dumping just because they have to pay money for the cash, they have to pay their percentage of the the cash out fees. But here it's even worse. Here, Locke's just not paying Intertops, so that whatever money you dump over to Intertops, Intertops just loses. It just goes out of their pocket. I don't think Locke's ever going to pay him. So, anyway, that was on July 29th. On on August 12th, a new story Intertops has opted out of all network mid-stakes cash games And multi-table tournaments That uh, they decided That they just want out of the whole thing Other than very small stakes where they don't care They're willing to pay that money out of their pocket But mid-stakes and up And all multi-table tournaments they have guarantees of a thousand or larger Which of course is you know, most of them I'm not talking about buy-ins Of a thousand or larger I mean guarantees of a thousand or larger uh, They They've just Segregated it to where you're only playing against Other intertops players Because again they don't want you to win money from Locked players even if it's not chip dumping They don't want you to win legitimately from locked players And then not get paid and Then they have to pay you out of their own pocket so um, this is what Intertop said They said we want to keep our reputation And continue providing our customers With the service and support they deserve uh, the net, And so uh, they, they Did this to quote continue to guarantee our players Their funds so They're basically saying we're done Cleaning up Lock's mess So the only way you're going to Continue getting your funds from this point forward Is if It came from our players We're not going to let you play the other players on Revolution Because uh, They're not paying us And I totally understand that It makes sense Soon after the announcement Lock Poker then announced that in direct response To Intertops' decision They are lowering the guarantees On their big Sunday tournament By 20% So they're basically saying Well if Intertops is dropping off Then we have to lower our guarantees also kind of throwing Intertops out of, under the bus And making them look like the bad guy So You know I, I I respect everything Intertops is doing I agree with everything they're doing But It's probably not worth playing there right now You're probably going to be up against mostly good players um, There's a small chance that Intertops took such a hit From this disaster on Revolution That maybe they are struggling financially now Not their fault, but Maybe this really hurt them. I don't know how healthy they are right now after this happened. And you're not going to be playing against the normal fish you're used to on that network. So, now you'll be playing against only Intertops players, which as uh, Beer and Poker just said, it's probably mostly pros. I would I, I would steer clear of this whole thing at this point. Not that Intertops is doing anything wrong, but just because uh, they're just in a bad situation. They're, they're over a barrel right now, where... They're owed a ton of money by Revolution and Lock And they know they're probably not going to get it But they can't completely leave the network Or otherwise they're never going to get it for sure So right now they're just uh, trying to stop losing any more Other than some very small stakes uh, tournaments and cash games
4: yeah, see, Lock is just hoping that they can just just trying to get by little by little. That's what they're trying to do, like hoping some they can get some new people to come in, bring more money onto the network, or hoping some of the players just get frustrated because, well, they think to themselves, "Well, I have a couple thousand dollars on this site, I might as well just play it anyway." So then, then they just continue to make rake while they can't even pay nobody. Yeah. So that's how they're going, intending to try to survive. Then that was pretty much
1: Full Tilt's uh, business plan as well. If you listen to what Howard Lederer said on those stupid interviews with uh, with Poker News. Uh, they were basically saying, a- after they blew all the money, all the player money, that they, their plan was to keep taking deposits from European players and, and, and hope that the rake eventually makes them back the money that uh, that they already lost and no one would ever know what happened. That that was tilt's plan to get out of this. So just uh, pretend nothing was wrong and hope everything takes care of itself. But Locke is not getting any better apps are not getting any better, and uh, I don't think they're ever going to recover. And their their reputation is just getting worse and
4: worse. So this is that was the thing about Till. If, if Black Friday didn't happen, they might have been able to survive for quite a while. They had so many players on the site. Lock has got doesn't have that big many players, so they don't have that much rate coming in. And if a lot, they're you know, not getting a lot of new players either because of their current status.
1: Yeah, and especially with with no advertising anymore on Two Plus Two, which is a, apparently a big source of their new player base. And they're never going to get those ads back because the only way they would get their ads back is if they were to satisfy Two Plus Two that they have properly addressed player concerns. And, and for sure, they haven't done that, and, and never will. So uh, they're never coming back to Two Plus Two. Now they're they're just they don't have that many sources for new players. They have Card Player right now. They're the main sponsor of Card Player, and Card player's so money hungry they'll take anyone's money. They took UB's money. So, uh, but that's it. So they're ju- they're just never going to write the ship. They're just, I think they're past the point of no return over there, and I, th- I think they know that, and uh, they're 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 hoping for a miracle. And the other miracle that could save them is if somebody bought the network. But I think the network is so tarnished now; nobody wants it. I think it's got such a bad rep now. It's it's going to be hard to come back from that. And unlike Full Tilt, which was a very publicized thing, where where poker stars bought them and got excellent software, and then you know it's very public that now you're dealing with poker stars not the old Phil Tilt, there it was worth something. Lock, people will just remember what they were, and even if somebody new buys them, there's going to be a lot of mistrust still. So I, they, they may still be hoping that maybe they can get bought at some point and
4: uh, bail themselves out that way. So. Just didn't understand their business model to start out. I mean, it was almost like they were trying to be Full Tilt. Get a bunch of pros and... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just given, made no sense to yeah you.
1: given saying rake back to all these people yeah you know um Calvin era wrote an article about Jennifer Larson, the CEO there and uh, what uh, what he was saying was that Jennifer Larson was I think he said a, a competent social media manager or so, something that she was okay at the job she had at Bodog but that uh, beyond that she has no clue what she's doing that she's not someone who's fit to run a poker site
0: love love it's the most powerful thing on the
1: do you agree with that <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't supposed to come up but uh, you know it's a heartwarming message let's put, let's put it back on <laughs> you
0: care for all the things in your life that make life worth
1: living. I feel good now oh that's nice <laughs> All right. Let's take a call here. It's, uh, I'm kind of doubtful I want to take this, but uh, caller, you're on the air. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Go ahead.
5: Yeah. Can you stop talking about this topic? Holy Christ. Well, what would you like me to talk about? Well, there's lots to talk about. What about Ken Scaler? What about the, the guy that was uh, screwing up the site? Um, All right. You want me to call hey, this, Kent Scaler? This huh? is this is horrible. All right, you, you you you're repeating yourself the whole time. I I left the chat.
1: Wow, I wasn't talking. Well, not... in there. I don't... Why do you leave the chat? I wasn't talking in there. Well, okay. because
5: I'm I'm talking in the chat to snap it off, and you're blah 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 in
1: the same thing. All right, let's call up uh, Kent Scaler. Your wish is my command, Team MLG. Holy. Yeah. Put me... Yeah, so so Master Scaler, I actually have two co-hosts on here now. I, I hate to call the second one a co-host, but... Um, Stop it. So, so Master Scaler, can we can we talk now? Can we finish this?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah.
1: All right, so, so you were describing the girl... You yell, I'm
3: hanging the phone. Stephanie, can I get... Can you yell, I'm hanging up the phone. Oh, no, okay. not this again. You're ready to
1: yell. Is that yeah. Stephanie? That is Stephanie, yeah. Yeah.
5: Oh no! They're back together.
1: (laughs) Okay, not not really. So, so so, okay. uh, So, Ken, I want to read something that you said to me. This is what you wrote to me on uh, at at two thirty-five p.m. today. I I wrote to you that um, I'm very frustrated about this, and that I'm very. I said I'm very frustrated that my money was spent on drinks for supersized BBWs and a motel room. So, your entire response to me, and I wrote more than this, but your entire response to me was, "I did not." Get a motel room, which uh, reminded me very much of. But well, I want to
2: say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These Hope allegations burning in oven, you are you kite. False, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you.
1: So Ken, that reminded me a lot yeah. of, of Clinton. You said, I did not get a motel room. But then now you're telling me you did get a motel room.
2: Yeah, I did get a motel room.
1: So, so where did you get the motel room?
2: I don't know the area because I didn't drive. It was somewhere in south central L.A.
1: Nice area. And uh, what, uh, what motel was it?
2: I think it was an Econolodge
1: Econolodge you, you couldn't even bring for Motel 6?
2: It was like and I remember their pen was yellow. They gave me a free pen. I don't have it with
1: me. Well you got something did you keep the pen?
2: What?
1: Did did you keep the pen?
2: Yeah, they kept the pen and, and she, was, and she mad. I was so mad at me at the bottom. She was mad because they did not have porno on the on the T V.
1: Wait, she wait, she wanted she wanted porno on the TV?
5: Yeah, she likes porn.
1: Really? What, what's, Hold man?
5: on, let me talk to Stephanie here. Wait, no, no, no. Get, team get MLG, on the line. Hey,
1: wait, wait. She's on the line. Don't, don't interrupt here, Team MLG. So, so, can you, you know, if you went to Motel Six, you would have had porn. Yeah, but this wasn't Motel Hi, 6. Was Hi,
2: Advertisers, let's give the phrase, in this economy, a rest. What does that mean, anyway? That in this economy, you've got a great deal for consumers, but in the next economy, no dice? Maybe you could take a cue from Motel 6. We help people save money in any economy with the lowest price of any national chain. Something to think
1: about in this economy. Oops, I'm Tom Bodet from Motel Six, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at MotelSix.com. Ken, why didn't you learn from this guy?
2: Why does Tom P- Bodet sound like Al? Uh, uh,
3: no, I Wait, what? I can't do this right now. You're making me insane. Okay, I'm sorry, Seth. No, Later. Later, fag.
5: <laughs> Later what? what do you Later, think? fag.
3: Sound
2: file about the fag or something. What? I don't know.
3: What's
2: he saying? I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's that's, I don't that's,
1: that's one of my co. That's one of my co-hosts here. I said later, here. fag, F-A-G. I'll to learn to them. I'll tell
3: Todd
2: what Genevieve
3: said about him. I. I tell don't. Him. But the yeah, Genevieve, Todd, Stephanie was fighting with. No, Gen- you don't know that, they don't, do you? I just told you what you should tell him. Wait, wait, wait. What did he say? All the yeah. Do you don't get it background. I don't feel like I hearing about Genevieve back back right on. now.
1: On. We'll talk about well, this
3: later. I don't understand.
1: We'll talk about Genevieve later.
2: Genevieve. Stephanie said something about Todd, and Genevieve said, "Why should I look up to Todd? He's a cheapskate and a weirdo."
5: (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I concur.
1: Well, yeah, I can't argue with logic. Okay, Uh, I've heard worse. Okay, so uh, so Ken, you went to an Econo Lodge, and uh, this 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 what she's a Samoan? What else was she?
2: I think she's like Samoa Italian Hispanic. I don't know what the hell she was. Weird. She had more roles than the Olive Garden.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, how much would you say she weighed? What she weighed?
2: High twos.
1: No, I don't believe that. Two fifty.
2: Maybe two seventy. I mean, I'm guessing. No, maybe
1: ma- no, maybe like two seventy kilograms.
2: <laughs> Melanie? She was really tall though, so I mean, that might have added to the weight. Yeah. That's six for... foot and a half.
1: I thought you so hate really girls. Who, so I thought you hate girls who are tall, though.
2: I do, but I can always close my eyes and pretend it's somebody else.
1: Uh, like Colleen. Uh, Colleen's a hmm. real emotional
2: thing, not not a
3: sexual thing. Answering my return, so going call back in ten minutes. But, uh, I, 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 no,
2: men I, who I really men who take days. fat, disgusting That's girls to
1: Motel Six on the next current affair.
3: What? What?
1: So it's economy-wise.
3: No, you're not doing this? I will. I'll, on Friday, Stephanie.
1: Hey, hey Stephanie. Stephanie, so, wh- what is this sound? Don't tell her, Ken. What is that? me. Do it again. Sounds like there. Oh, ah, you know. I'm proud of you.
3: That's
1: stupid. I thought it was Ubu City. I do Okay, so, so, Ken, so what happened at this motel? You, you oh, took her yes, there. She... I did not. I'm we oh,
2: going in the garage. Okay, but let me. Tell okay. her. Um, if, if we lose, it's because we are going in the garage. Okay. I, I, I did not actually have sex. Tell her the taxi. He did his
3: girlfriend. Tell her the taxi.
2: Tell
1: her the taxi. Tell her the taxi. I'm he, he Liz, so I did probably. not have sexual relations with that woman. Is that what you're saying, cool.
2: Ken? Just say hello to her. Yeah. Um, no, but what I was saying is I did not have sex intercourse with this, with that, with, uh, Red, but I don't even remember her name. Sexual
4: okay. relations with that woman.
2: No, no, St. Todd, I don't remember the girl's name. Amy? I
3: didn't want to on Friday.
1: Todd?
2: Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember, I don't remember that girl's name.
1: Hmm. Well, okay. Um, now, now when you went to the motel, did you, like, go through every I channel on, on the TV and, 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 like, go, damn it, okay, no porn here, okay, no porn here, okay, yeah, ESPN. Yeah,
2: yeah, did, did you like so she started watching she started watching porn on her iPhone. <laughs>
1: <only had> a, <laughs> That's not very I romantic. Of it's kinda of hard to watch porn on an iPhone when you're with someone. So, yeah, I know. I said, Well you can put on lesbian stuff. <laughs> yeah, what what type of porn was she watching? The straight
3: kind.
5: Stand by the door. Take it off, speaker. Huh. Hold on, let's talk to <laughs> Stephanie here. She's more
1: interesting. I I don't know about that. She's that shit crazy, this lady.
2: Yeah, she gets very excited, very so, very very. So excited. so
1: can uh, so so then what so, happened? So, hold on one second, Stephanie, you yelling. What? Please don't yell.
2: Okay, I'm oh. sorry. Okay, you weren't yelling. I was yelling. Okay, okay, Stephanie, what was your question? So you get the pizza. I'm sorry. So so can Stephanie ordered a pizza.
1: So after you, uh, yes. After she searched for the porn and couldn't find it, and then got on her phone. Um, by the way, what, what race was the guy in the porn? It hey, was open. There's something. Many... The pizza's not open. Okay, I'll fix it. It's not to... oh. Okay. What? The, the guy in the porn okay, film. Okay, I'm holding it pipe. Okay,
3: I'm
1: sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll be in a lie. Um, yeah, go on. The guy in the porn that she watched. I'm a minute, what race she, was she he? She's just watching, you know, guys and girls, and I, I don't like to see guys. I, like see I, I understand guys, that, but what, women, but, but what race was women, the guy? Ken, what race was the guy? Race? Is, I don't pay attention to guys. So you don't remember at all what race he was?
2: I didn't even look at the porn. I have no interest okay, in okay. seeing a guy in anything.
1: Okay, so she was watching I'm the like porn. I like
2: Howard Stern. It's all lesbian. Okay, shit so for me. so so what
1: happened after that? She
2: would not have sex with me. Did you ask her to? She used to be like, she was a in. She's like a certified nursing assistant, but she lost her license because she, well, we won't talk about that. Wait, no, but, I want to hear why. I, wait,
1: wait, why'd she lose her license? She needed extra money to support, I
2: guess, her kids. So she will like, write fake prescriptions, but she kind of oh. got caught in the sting.
1: Okay, so, so I that. Think she a, I think she did a I think she did a call. Okay, you're, you're kind of cutting out here. But uh, now, so, so what, what happened after. Um, She's watching this porn on her phone, then what happened?
2: Well, I mean, I didn't have a condom, I didn't expect to really... I've never yeah. really left a so club been, to go to a motel. That's the first time that's ever happened. So I wasn't prepared with a prophylactic. What? And she looked at the head of my penis, and she said it didn't look right. I used to be in the medical field. I what? see like some weird bumps. I'm like, I don't have any STDs, I swear. I well, no yeah, STDs. you haven't
1: had sex in a long time, right?
2: Yeah, well, well yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's not like... Geologic time, it's been a while, you know.
1: But now, now, are there actually some weird bumps there, or is, or is she just kind of amazed? No, things? I don't see anything. Huh. So, I'm okay. I have no STDs
2: so, or STIs, okay. but the thing is, if she wants. Oh no, I'm talking about my con. Oh, not your building. Okay, hold on one second. Okay, Tom, hold on. What about what we do? What about con?
3: Okay.
5: Stephanie, how are you? I want to say hi. Okay. Hi Stephanie.
1: I can't believe this conversation.
5: Stephanie.
1: I think we lost them temporarily here. I think they're in the garage or something. All right, they hung up. Uh, uh, (laughs) There's one more thing in the story I want to get out. I'm not going to spoil it for people, but there's one more thing I want him to reveal. So we'll we'll call back shortly. They're they're in the garage. So uh, he was shouting how he doesn't have STDs, and they were bumped on his penis in Stephanie's garage. And when I say her garage, it's not like a house; this is a condo. It's a big condo building.
5: Okay, hold on. What's the scoop with this uh, Stephanie? Are they together, or is no, living with her? Or? No,
1: he's known her for uh, a lot of years, and um, they have a very weird friendship, as you can tell. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll call them back shortly but that you know we keep just like interlacing that in with uh, the different segments we've had here so you know I, I did this to please team ml gay because uh this is the second week in a row calling the show and so he wanted to get more cant scaler and no I actually I
5: saved the show this week it's fucking atrocious you kept talking about lock poker I had to save it
1: I, I wouldn't say you saved it so oh, trust me okay so let's let's Move on from a a sexual topic to a sexual topic Uh, Antonio Esfandiari Made a large bet Don't know how much That he can go without sex for a full year And that's a pretty tough bet to make Uh, It's not clear Exactly the terms of this bet But uh, This is what was tweeted by Bill Perkins Uh, And I, I guess he's the one Who made the bet with Esfandiari Now supposedly Perkins first bet him for 25k, that he couldn't go without bread for a year. Can you imagine going a whole year without eating any kind of bread? So, Esfandiari idiotically accepted this. And then he realized what a mistake he had made and said, Alright, how about I can buy out now for 5k? So that's the easiest 5k that uh, anyone's ever made. He, after 5 minutes, uh, the bet was canceled and uh, Perkins was 5k richer. Uh, then, he made another big bet, and this was uh, from Perkins tweeting, Big bet again, Antonia Esfandiari, no sex, no release of any kind for one year can he make it. And I, I thought it was funny he uh, tweeted at Poker News too, like for them to cover this. Uh, but no sex, no release sounds like he can't even jerk off. Like, that, that would be very hard to do for a full year. I don't know how he is. Bill Perkins going to police this? Is he going to like spend every day with Antonio to make sure he doesn't spank the monkey?
4: Yeah, that's. I don't know how to police that, and I don't know what kind of odds you'd have to get. I mean, this is what I just want to know. Like, if I'm Antonio Spandiari, you, you know, you're a good-looking guy to to females and everything, and you you hang around a lot of, you know, famous people, or whatever, and you, you can get a lot of girls. Why would you take this bet unless you're um, standing to make a lot of money? Yeah. I I hope he was getting some good odds. Yeah. Otherwise, it's uh,
1: you got to think that's a wasted year of your life. Especially if you can't jerk off at all. I mean, that's uh, now. I I I don't understand how that part would be enforced. In fact, I don't even understand how the sex part would be enforced unless Bill Perkins is with him every moment. I mean, you got to think that Antonio could find someone to do this on the down low. Uh, And you know, if it's if it's just no intercourse, then he could probably manage it. I mean, a lot of guys manage it not voluntarily so yeah well I read it
4: as no intercourse or masturbation no yeah release, that's what I read too so. no
1: release of any kind I mean the, yeah. you know like, like uh, Bill Clinton he, he went without sex for now, a long time sexual
2: relations with that woman Miss Lewinsky I never told anybody to lie not a single time never these allegations are false.
1: Okay, so, so uh, I mean, I'll have to wait for more information to come out about that bet. But in the meantime, let's, let's call back uh, let's call back Stephanie. I, I wonder what someone could pay Ken Scaler not to masturbate for a year. We'll ask him that. How much would he take? This is someone who used to average five times a day masturbating.
0: Yeah.
1: Ken, uh-huh. uh, one poker player, actually, there, there's a very well-known poker player named Antonio Esfandiari. Um, he, he made a bet with someone recently that he will not have sex or have any kind of release, which probably includes masturbation, for an entire year. We don't know how much he bet, but how much would someone have to pay you to not masturbate for an entire year?
2: Uh, I would not take that bet.
1: What if someone offered you a million dollars? Would you take it?
2: I would not, th- not take that bet.
1: Really? So, so, so if somebody came up to you and said, Ken, don't masturbate and I will pay you...
3: One million dollars.
1: You wouldn't take it? I would. I would be. I would say sorry. Um,
2: I need my. I need something to enjoy in my stressful life. You Therefore, I? I will not.
1: I think you're being short-sighted because I, I. You realize that if you took the million dollars, maybe Colleen would be with you. Maybe you just have to endure a year of no masturbation and then a lifetime with Colleen. That might be worth it. But how can I have a release of Colleen? Like, let's say, you know... No, I mean later, after the year's over. Then you have a million bucks. You think Colleen would really be with me if I had a million dollars? I think the chances are a lot higher, yeah. I would buy
2: some of her paintings. That, that would be, like, my second goal.
1: Yeah. All right, so so let's finish the story here. So this girl, in, uh, she was watching the porn on her phone. And then what happened? She, she looked at... Well she looked at the head of my penis. Yeah, and it had some bumps. And she she said she she thought there was a couple of bumps,
2: which I've no one has ever told me. So what she would do is give me a hand job.
1: Hmm. And and how long did that last?
3: How did you, you pay her? I don't believe She was not a hooker. I don't believe anybody accepted dick.
1: Well, okay, so she, so she so what happened? She gave you a hand job how did she finish it? Did she complete? Yeah, she
2: finished it. She had some, like, lubrication in her purse, and she used her saliva, which was weird. And She said if I had a condom, she would have given me a blowjob and maybe yeah. have sex with me.
1: You know, a blowjob with a condom is kind Say of worthless. Say, do wor- you want your $50 back? <laughs> you know, a blowjob from a condom is kind of worthless. Really? Yeah. So I 50 dollars for what never mind he's making an inside joke so so can uh, so then did she spend the night or did she That's leave
5: a
2: lot no we were well, our having a motel so we spent the night
1: yeah oh you spent the night okay so she so she, what happened as she spent the night were there any more and by handouts? the way
2: by the way by the way she will never let any guy any guy eat her out but she'll give head all day it's her terms you know, Some people, is like a dream where they don't have to do anything to her, but she'll do it to them, but I didn't fund
1: them. You know what? Actually, a lot of really huge girls are like that. I, a lot of them are kind of self-conscious about either smelling bad down there or whatever, so they, they're they willing to do it to you, but they just don't want you touching them down there. They don't want you going down on them because they're just self-conscious about what it's like there. It, it, and I what have to like agree. Is rating goals or something? Yeah. I mean, you know, once you get that big, there, there's probably Japanese under there that don't realize World War II is over yet. Real yeah
2: I don't get that reference
1: never mind so uh, Ken uh, so what did I you do what... the, the remaining of the night the remainder of the night what happened after the hand job was over you did she do anything again later that night she gave me another hand job in the morning and I, I sucked her ugly tits and <laughs> what was ugly about
2: them her nipples were way too big compared to the breast, and they were very I don't know. They were just, I just, I didn't like the contrasting colors—the of the nipples versus the rest of the breast.
1: So why did you suck them? Why didn't you uh, say, you know what? Uh... I,
3: mean, I, I I mean,
1: I, I just had such a wall—not wall of shame. I don't know if she had mutual shame. I had shame. Huh. I felt shame. So did you get her phone number afterwards? Yeah, you know, I had her number. And
2: Stephanie, like a week later, made me clean up my pocket, so I threw away her number.
1: I see. And, uh, now, did you do anything with any other girls from the clubs? No. So that was the only one you did? I'm not just talking about a motel room. Did you do anything with any of them at any point? No kissing,
2: no hand-holding, no snuggling.
1: So you really didn't do very well as far as the expenditures on the drinks, if you only landed one really huge girl.
2: I got a couple numbers, but... I mean, one girl I met. I called her the next day. And she said her brother was murdered that
1: night. <laughs> now, what? What race was that girl? Uh,
2: I think she was like Dominican or something.
1: Yeah, I've never heard that excuse before. The the, the dumbest excuse I've oh, heard. She was
2: really he was really crying when I answered the phone.
1: Huh. The, the the worst excuse I've heard was uh, I had a friend who lived. Uh, he, he moved to an area, a rural area of Northern California and he called a girl to ask her on a date, and she told him she had to shuck corn and couldn't do it.
2: I want, I want to take him for the pizza Sorry. Wait, 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 he meant root to, to area and what?
1: But my brother was murdered yesterday. It might even be worse than I have to shuck corn. I mean, what, what happened to I have to wash my hair? I think I like that excuse the best.
2: By the way, speaking of death, that guy who we know who died, I won't say his name, According to card player magazine, he's won twelve hundred and something dollars.
1: <laughs> well, I, no, I was going to announce that on this show that the player, formerly known as Thy Prez on Poker Stars, and also known as Jap John on there, um, he died on July thirty first at age thirty eight, and uh, he, he was once friends with me. Uh, I guess he was once friends with, with Master Scalar here, and he was good friends. Would never win at one point. He and spent a lot of time together, but uh, he was buried. In a, he
3: was
2: buried on August seventh at a Jewish cemetery in New York. He was originally from New York. He most most of his life in California. But I guess his parents buried him in New York.
1: Yeah. So if you uh, if you remember Thy Prez or ever met him, uh, he's no longer with us, and that's uh, that's what Ken was talking about. So, by so, the way, um, I think he used a picture of me on Poker Stars. Oh, that's right. That's right. His avatar in PokerStars is a picture of Ken. I forgot all about that. Wow. All right. So, so Ken, uh, what's the plan as far as sell anything? Because he sure can't sell. What's What's the plan as far as paying me uh, in the future?
2: Um, I'm planning to send you more than what I've sent you in the past each check, and I want to knock this off very quickly.
1: Well, more in the more than in the past could be like thirty-five bucks. That still wouldn't be acceptable.
2: I'm gonna to try to send three-digit numbers instead of two-digit numbers.
1: That's great. You're probably gonna send me a hundred even, knowing you. Well, I, I did,
5: how much does Ken have on him total?
1: I'm gonna to go under a hundred. No, way under. I'm gonna go under ten. <laughs> how much? How much money do you have on your right now?
2: Right now, I don't. Know. I haven't looked. Not that much. Well, look,
1: count it out. I don't know. How much money is? I'm down
2: there? and out right now. I, I live I live paycheck just, to paycheck. Just tell tell me your? how much
1: I, I want to hear how much money you have right now in your pocket. Few cents. <laughs> no, I'm serious. How much is really in your pocket? It's gotta be more than a few cents. Probably
2: like, oh, forty eight, fifty two cents. I don't no, know. No, no, no. Count out the money you have. <laughs> um about forty eight cents.
1: Is that really what you have?
2: Right now? I get paid every Friday, thank God.
1: Ken, where well, do you Friday, work? but this is Tuesday right now.
2: What? Where do you work? I work at a telemarketing job in the West San Fernando Valley. I don't like to say the name of the company, but, yeah. Does
1: Stephanie work there, too? No, Stephanie doesn't Stephanie work.
2: Stephanie doesn't have to work. Oh. Stephanie had a nice... I won't get specific, but she...
3: Okay,
2: I won't say anything about her for... <laughs> Good stuffy
5: on air right now.
2: By the way, Todd, you didn't formally introduce me to your two co-hosts.
1: Yeah, they know who you are.
2: Well, I, I don't know who they are. I don't have a computer.
1: Okay, we we have a beer and poker and Team MLK. I'm really Lou. Team MLK. Team MLK. Team MLK. Like
2: electronic Martin Luther King. Yes. Wow. Shouldn't should he be CMLK chocolate milk? Oh, never mind. Ken,
1: <laughs> <laughs> get
5: get Stephanie on air for me, please.
1: Yeah, TMLK likes Stephanie for some reason.
2: TMLK likes you, Stephanie. Will you say hello? And not from there. I mean, the reason why I can't <laughs> bring, the reason why I can't bring the phone her is because it's recharging right now.
1: Oh boy. She needs like an external battery. Tell her to come on air. Never mind. All right, so uh, you wanted to
2: come on the air. This is not a sex show. (laughs) Okay. okay. This is not. This is not. This is not. I'm gonna make a joke. This is. This is not Dr. Susan Block. uh,
1: So, Master Scavenger. Public access. I I really. I I really expect you to give me a lot more than you have because I'm very unhappy about this.
2: I have your PO box.
1: Yeah. All right. All right, so uh, that's all. Thank thank you, Master Scaler. I, I will talk to you later. Todd? Uh, yeah.
2: Did, my, did this call end anticlimactically for the radio people? No, no, no. Oh,
1: Stephanie needs help. I'll give her help later. I know she needs a lot of help. I'll,
5: I'll
2: help her. No, no, it's just one, it's just one favor. And I, I won't say the whole thing on the air, but can you... She wants you to call her when you're done with the show because she has a situation with her former roommate.
1: Great. All right, sure.
5: No, immediately discuss it on air.
1: No, <laughs> well, I
2: will not give the details per Stephanie's. I will just say her and her former roommate are not getting along. And they're... Yeah.
0: Her, and Genevieve, <laughs> her and
2: Genevieve, the comedian, are not getting
0: along.
2: Well, I don't think she's funny, but she's a comedian.
1: Stephanie is just absolutely nuts. Tell tell Stephanie she's acting. Tell Stephanie she's acting like a retardian angel. Don't
2: act like a retardian angel, Stephanie. Oh, that's
1: funny, actually. All right, all right. Thank you, Ken. I'll, I'll call back later. After I'll this call show. back later. Goodbye. Right. Well, the show's getting long here. It's ten thirty. We have a lot more to do. All right. So, um, moving along here. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, da, 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 da. We're getting near the end here um, I know Jstat has been waiting for this Caesars Is starting to clamp down On what I call the 7 stars grinders A 7 stars grinder is somebody who Attempts to get the 7 stars designation Which is like the equivalent of Supernova Elite on Poker Stars, Their highest tier uh, And all the benefits that come with it and losing very little money in the process uh, Seven Stars was originally designed to reward The very best customers of Caesar's Meaning the biggest degenerate gamblers Who chunk off a ton of money each year at the property So they wanted to give them their own little class that uh, Called Seven Stars where they can feel important you know, So they keep losing hundreds of thousands or more every year The problem is of course like any of these uh, Sorts of uh, benefit programs You have the grinders out there Who try to figure out how to take advantage of them And how to get a 7-star status While losing The least amount of money possible To where the benefits of 7-stars actually Are worth more than the money you lose getting there I became a 7-stars As did former co-host Brandon Drexel Gerson We're both 7-stars right now And uh, Seizures is trying to Clamp down On these 7-stars grinders by making it tougher and tougher for them to get their uh, their tier points necessary to renew 7-star uh, the following years, or, or to get it for the first time if you don't have it yet. One of the things they're doing, uh, they've noticed that a lot of these 7-star grinders like to play high-stakes video poker. The reason they like high-stakes video poker is because uh, if you play high-stakes video poker, those, those have the best odds to where if you play perfectly, uh, there's only a, a small edge... For the house, and uh, if you count in comps or, or if there's any kind of promotion Where you get extra comps uh, Sometimes the game's actually positive expectation slightly So the, what the 7-stars grinders Would do is they play the high stakes Video poker And um, yeah, sometimes you'd lose money because uh, Just from variance, but sometimes you actually win money too But the thing is, the expected loss Is very low, so you could theoretically get Your 7-stars with a very small expected loss Compared to what most people do Something Caesar just did to try to combat that is in Caesars Palace itself, at the high-limit section, the $25 and up blackjack games, which have the best odds on them, uh, now have the... Des- I think $5 and up has it, too. I forgot to look at that. But uh, they have the a sign on them saying, now you have to put in $25 worth before you get one-tier credit. Before it was $10 per tier credit So they, they're they now making it take 2.5, 2.5 times as long To get tier credits to move up your status If you play at these high expectation video poker machines Other things they're doing to clamp down on 7 Stars Grinders They're uh, they're starting to enforce the rule that you can't have back-to-back offers Because it, once you start playing a lot at Caesars You'll start getting all these good offers You know, come in, get this uh, $500 free play, this $1,000 gift card, $300 here, $500 here. And, you know, this really adds up. And uh, people used to have ways to, even though you technically weren't supposed to, to stay back to back to back to back in reservations at Caesars and get one offer after another. And in a period of like five days or six days, you get four offers. And, you know, you've already gotten thousands of dollars from these offers. Caesars is now clamping down on that and putting a lot more checks in place to prevent people from doing this, noticing that, again, it was the Seven Stars grinders that were doing this. Also, they have reduced people's offers big time. They are starting to finally realize that these grinders are not worth very much to Caesars, and they're pretty much, pretty much better off without them. So they are now offering a lot less to people who are just playing high-expectation games. When I say high-expectation, I mean games that you're not likely to lose very much money, uh, if at all like, like high-stakes video poker. So if you play games like that, they give you very little in terms of uh, those offers. Now you're getting much smaller offers. For example, I am now getting offers for a whopping $50! Where I used to get 300 or 500 for those same offers. And they're reducing everyone, from what I've seen, except for the biggest degenerates. So uh, Caesars is finally doing what... Uh, I thought they were going to, that they should have done In the first place, for their own sake I, I wasn't hoping they did this, but uh, uh, They also raised the requirement To get to uh, 7 stars from 100,000 to 150,000 tier points And then they Introduced this bonus thing, That this was last year They introduced this, last year meaning starting 2013 But they uh, they introduced this in order to prevent The low limit grinders, because there used to be people Who'd grind like, uh, I don't know the, very low stakes, and somehow get to 7-star anyway. They made it now to where you have to get to 150 instead of 100k, which is a lot harder, but then you can get bonus tier credits, where if you earn 2,500 in a day, they'll give you another 5,000 if you do it all within that day. So this rewards the higher limit players and and punishes the grinders who just play like a little bit at low stakes each day. So uh, they did that at the beginning of the year, but what they're really trying to do is force out all the players who are either playing low stakes or medium stakes or or people who are grinding high stakes at at high expectation games. They're trying to stop the people from getting seven stars who are just uh, not going to make the casino very much money. I would have done this a long time ago if I was president of Caesars. Now, I agree they probably make money from these people, but I just don't think they're worth all the trouble that they are. These people are the ones who are always looking how to game the the system. These are ones always looking for the slightest flaw in in any game that will give them positive expectation returns. These are the guys who walk around and look at every slot machine and try to find some way uh, to beat it based upon its current multiplier, blah, 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 and they do. These are the type of customers Caesar doesn't want. I'm not criticizing these people I'm one of them too Not not to the extreme Some people are But uh, um, Caesars is finally realizing That just the number of tier credits you've earned Shouldn't define who you are I, It never made sense to me I knew people who Were like Routine blackjack players And they totally under Under tier credit The people who play table games So I knew these like Terrible blackjack players Who, who had no clue would, would just shoot off Thousands of dollars Every trip on blackjack not card counters, not even good basic strategy players, just just people who just shoot off a lot on blackjack, and they'd be like platinum, which is like the second lowest level there. And I'm like, how is this guy a platinum and I'm a seven stars, and I guarantee this guy loses way, way, way way more money than, than ever, I would ever lose in a year being seven star. Not even close. So, and not only that, he doesn't take advantage of the, you know every single offer like I do. So, I never understood why they don't try to court players like that guy and give him the seven stars. You know that guy is, is never going to be taking advantage of the system. And, and, and why are they letting the grinders even do this? There's so many ways to stop this. So they're finally starting to clamp down. I don't like it, but I, I can understand it. Especially because they need the money. Because of something... that They just constantly do stupid things at Caesars. And and here's an example.
4: Are you a seven star for the rest of the year, Jeff? Or?
1: I, I'm a seven star until... March 31st 2014 at which point if I if I don't renew it by then then uh, th- then I, I will return to a, a diamond because that's what I've currently earned
4: oh, okay
1: so uh, I, I was gonna get it renewed but they're just making it tougher and tougher on me this actually affects me this is something that uh, I was very unhappy to see I mean just one change after another it was it is so different now than it was a year ago a year ago there were so many different ways to game the system when I say game the system I don't even mean like doing anything illegal. I just mean like they'd have certain rules and there were ways to sidestep the rules and they'd be dumb enough to to let you do certain things anyway you're not supposed to. And I I can't tell you how many things they allowed that they shouldn't have there. They they were were hemorrhaging money and now now Caesars is struggling so much that they they feel they have to start, uh, they're finally kind of forced to make changes. So here's one of the dumb things that they did that's just happened recently. You'll have an idea of why they're, uh, they're finding a need to raise money in some way. Shakespeare wrote a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Well, so does a million bucks if your name happens to be Kevin Lewis.
0: Our next millionaire from Horseshoe, Cincinnati is Kevin Lewis.
1: Now, the Horseshoe Casino in Cincinnati awarded a million dollar prize to a Kevin Lewis over the weekend. But the casino didn't make sure it was the right Kevin Lewis who was there to witness the drawing. So the real winner came forward shortly afterward, and the casino realized its mistake.
4: There are a lot of similarities between the two, these two Kevin Lewises with age and things like that. So,
1: age and things like that. What she's trying to say is they're both black. <laughs> well, I could so, see it being yeah, a very common name, Kevin Lewis. I mean, yeah. yeah.
5: Mistakes that you, know, you probably couldn't have scripted if you wanted to
1: mean, you couldn't have scripted it if you wanted to. Yes, it's a common name. Like, How could they not realize this is a common name? There's a Kevin Lewis in the crowd coming up. You don't just verify that he is Kevin Lewis. You, you have him pull out his total rewards card and make sure it's the right one. I mean, it's not that hard to do. This is for a million bucks. Yeah. This is for a million bucks. This is the best part. The casino decided what's done is done and agreed to award two $1 million prizes, one to each of the Kevin Lewis's. So, people are saying, oh, that's wonderful. That's so nice of them to do. Um, the reason they did this is because Caesars is a, a very large company, and they, they can afford to give out this other million. They're not happy about it, but they, they can afford it. And if, for them to not do this would make them look awful. This would really... And they'd also be open to a lawsuit, because here they said Kevin Lewis won. They brought him up. They took a picture of him holding the check. They made a big deal about it. And then they say, sorry, you're the wrong one. Well, they did say he won, and when he came up to accept it, they, they kept with the story. They said he won. It's not like he got up and go, oh, sorry, we, we don't mean you, we mean another Kevin Lewis. At that point, it, you, you can reverse it, maybe. When you take him up there and take pictures of him and, and show him holding the giant check, it's kind of hard to take away at that point, legally. So I, I, he might even be able to win a lawsuit against them if they were to take it away. So I, I think they realized that rather than this terrible publicity they would get from a lawsuit involving this, which definitely there would be one. Uh, They decided, you know, we just have to give it away. Uh, The the way this woman on there from Caesar dismissed it, like, oh, it's a perfect storm of events, It's, it's, you know, very similar people in age. No, it's not that. It's very simple. Everybody has a total rewards card there. You have everybody's total rewards number. When you draw the winning Kevin Lewis's name, You take a look at this Kevin Lewis's total rewards card. If the number doesn't match, it's the wrong guy, especially with a common name like that. So they they screwed up big time. It's a typical idiotic Caesars fail. I see so many dumb things like this happen, and unfortunately, most of them don't have the happy ending of someone getting a million dollars that they otherwise would not have gotten.
4: Yeah, that's a terrible mistake. I know that casino is new. It's probably been open for probably less than six months if I had to. I I don't know exactly. I know it's a rather new casino, though. But still, they should. This is a really bad uh, mistake. Yeah, yeah, it's it's,
1: it's uh, really bad. And uh, um, you, you know, uh, China. Going back to what we were saying before, uh, China Maniac wrote in the chat. My buddy dusted six thousand dollars in blackjack over twelve hours betting high limits at Foxwoods last week and got a hundred dollars in credit. This is what I mean. They're just under comping the table games and over comping and over giving credit and benefits to people who are grinding out. You know, high-stakes games with hardly any return for the casino. I just don't get it. Uh, there are some blackjack players I've seen. I wish I could run my own little casino and invite these guys to play blackjack. I, I'd give them a lot to come play blackjack at my house if it was legal. Because uh, I'd make a fortune off of them. And, and I don't see why the casinos don't do more for these guys. Why, why they? It's not hard to identify who's likely to be a big-time loser. And then bring them out there and kiss their ass, and it's not hard to see who is playing, who is going out of their way to play only the high expectation games, and, and give them very little, or give them nothing. And I, I just don't see why they they haven't perfected this yet. So, anyway, uh, that that's what's going on with Caesars. Uh, last topic before we we shut this down, poker fraud alert member. He lost Team Gay, by the way He just hung up for, without telling us He just left uh, I wonder why he was so quiet Poker fraud alert member and accused scammer Wes R. Wood Is holding money for high stakes Leagues on 2 plus 2 This was noticed by China Maniac Actually I guess people alerted him to it People PM'd him and then he uh, He said something on 2 plus 2 Then I said something on 2 plus 2 This is a weird story This Wes R. Wood guy Wes R. Wood W-E-S-R-W-O-O-D he was on Neverwin Poker Originally And uh, He had the scammer avatar Over some kind of micro scam um, Since then He seemed to appear on the site Under a bunch of different names uh, Including one Where A hand history was posted From PokerStars And it turned out the whole thing was fake And and his Scream name was actually Forced changed to I, I faked a hand history it was like a, a nonsensical thing to do, too. It wasn't even any purpose to it other than just to show off or something. Uh, he just voluntarily faked a hand history. Uh, even weirder, on, on another site, on another forum, he or uh, someone he's blaming on uh, on a friend uh, went on there and pretended to be this Alaskan bodybuilder guy who uh, called himself Bluff the Rent. And, and Bluff the Rent wrote these long stories about living in the Alaskan wilderness and about uh, about all his work in the gym to be a bodybuilder and all this other crap. The, the amazing thing is it turned out that despite these long, detailed stories that Bluff the Rent was full of shit, he was not this guy that was pictured. He even uploaded pictures of, of himself, supposedly. He was not the guy in the picture. Uh, he was not a bodybuilder. He was not from Alaska. This was all lies. He must have like, grabbed it from somewhere on the web. So, um... People assume this is all the same guy from a certain town in Connecticut, and um, it was found that Wes R. Wood now has eleven thousand posts. He kind of disappeared from this community. He has like ten posts here on, on Poker Fraudler, but he's basically not really been active here. He he's been on Two Plus Two very actively with eleven thousand posts over there, and has been running fantasy leagues, high stakes fantasy leagues where it's like fifteen hundred bucks to buy in. So currently his leagues He's, he's uh, looking to hold $40,000 For people total Which is amazing to be sending to someone Who was once like A micro stake scammer a few years ago And and, and did this weird thing With pretending to be this Alaskan bodybuilder With all these phony stories And I, His story is that He did steal $5 From someone years ago But tried to pay it back And couldn't find the guy Which is already a pretty big red flag But that all the other stuff he's being accused of Is this other guy named Derek And that this other guy, Derek Is someone that he knew but was never that close to And uh, that Derek was the one responsible For the fake hand history Derek was the one responsible for The fake uh, Alaskan bodybuilder That pretty much all the real bad stuff that happened All the really shady stuff Was Derek and not him And that all he did was, uh, you know, six years ago Take five dollars from someone and Uh... Use it for something else But even putting that all aside Even if you want to believe his story about this Derek and I I think I could believe that a Derek exists But it's hard to believe that Derek's responsible for everything That Derek's the bad guy, he's the good guy There might really be a Derek They may have both done this together But even if you believe him That Derek was the bad guy here Would you really want a guy who Scammed for five dollars a few years ago Even if it was six years ago Holding 40k at this point? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a bad idea. I just, I just don't understand how anyone could be from in, in that situation. It's not like he hits a big tournament either. This, he, this, as far as I know, he did not uh, move up in the poker world. This is not a a Dur story where uh, you know at one point he's just uh, nobody and then one day he's uh, one of the biggest high stakes players in poker. This, this is just a, a a guy who was a nobody and stayed a nobody. Why is he holding? 40k. Even if you take away all these stories, when when he doesn't have the money himself, in general, you never want someone holding money. You don't want someone escrowing, who could easily use the money that they're escrowing. You don't want everyone. You don't want ever to have somebody tempted to take the escrow money for themselves because they will. Not always, but it's very tempting. Let's let's say you're broke, and someone escrows 10k with you. And then you can't pay the rent. And you're about to get evicted. Do you really just like not, not dip into that 10K?
4: Yeah, I mean, a lot of them will. I mean, well, most of them are going yeah, to. Yeah,
1: most hmm. of them will. That's the problem. You, you you always want to escrow with somebody who you know does not need that money. Someone you know, is you know, that money doesn't impress them. That money's not going to change their life. That money's not going to be something they need to ever be tempted to take. That's who you escrow with. You don't escrow with someone who was making $5 scam six years ago. For four, you don't escrow 40k with that person and it was even suggested why don't you still run the league Wes R. would and just let someone else hold the money if he did a people are saying you know he ran leagues in the past he never cheated anyone he paid everyone out fine still why not let him still run the league if he did a good job and just let him uh you know let somebody else hold the money so that, that's what i would suggest and that, i think that would solve the whole problem and then we don't have to Guess who is responsible for all these things and and uh, come to those conclusions. Just a lot of high stakes players involved in these leagues. Let one of the reliable ones hold the money, even if it's one of the players themselves. Uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be a third party that uh, holds the money. It can be one of the players if you trust them. Uh, I, I run a smaller fantasy league. It's 150 bucks to buy in, but uh, you know I hold all the money for it. They know I'm not going to run off with it. So anyway, I'd like to thank uh, Beer and Poker for co-hosting the second half of the show. Enjoyed having him on here. It's always nice to have a co-host. Ah, crap. It's going to wake people up in this house. Hey, I'll call you later. The show's ending. Thank you. Don't call back. I'll call back shortly. Jeez. People can't leave me alone. But I'm happy you guys listened to the show did not leave the show alone and listened here whether it was live or in the archives this will be what's going on
5: Uh oh
1: Oh, how did you get back on here how did you get back here you hung up TMMLG just popped back on the show okay we'll be back next week August 20th 2013 7pm TMMLG you're welcome to call in again next week I'm sure everyone's excited about that you did have a few funny lines tonight I'll give you that and uh, thank you to Beer and Poker thank you to everybody listening to the show thank you to our sponsor StatClash StatClash.com play them for fantasy sports for real money totally legal in the US and uh, we'll be next week we'll be back next week with a whole new group of topics and uh, I think we'll have a less Stephanie heavy show next week that's just my prediction but we haven't had them on in a while I thought it was time uh, Beer and Poker, you're welcome to come back anytime. Yes, and, Thank uh, you. And, uh, you know, I was like having a, a, a different variety of co-hosts here. I even let Team MLK co-host for a while. Yeah, and I'll co-host
5: next week, obviously.
1: Yeah, well, you just forced yourself back in here. You, you were gone. And then, where, where did you go, anyway? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I hate to even imagine. I went to the laundry mat downstairs. downstairs. Yeah, he, he, just, he just disappears and then just comes on during the end song and sings balling. Well, that's it, people. We've got uh, 20 seconds left as uh, All in the Family concludes, and this show concludes along with it. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Another free roll, another show. TidePoker.com. Shout out (laughs) to Garrett.
5: Good night. Shalom. Shalom. TidePoker.com.